Now, introducing the man who had vivid nightmares reenacting the contractual obligations paid off by Ken Zalis following last night's live broadcast as he says, quote, while it was tasteful, I can't imagine that's what they had intended for the use of the pretzel rolls, unquote. While his excitement for the addition of a top wide receiver and new edge rusher was his primary emotion, he was admittedly jealous of the Giants and their fans as their ability to quote, disregard needs altogether and just draft with your plums made me hot and bothered, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He is Kyle Ottenheimer. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Huge thank you to everybody who came out last night the Looney's Pub, Perry Hall. Man, what a night we had. Tremendous it was great to be out and around people once again. Oh, I can't tell you how great it was to be out and around people once again. Um, going to see a lot of friendly faces. Uh, I, I, I have no idea. He has, I don't even know. I, so John from Little Rock's brother, Jason, who we've known forever, um, was out at Looney's last night. And I meant to take a picture to send to John. John, I'm sorry. I meant to do that. I thought that'd be funny. But that was awesome. Love, Jason. Um, saw some legendary uh, local listeners. I mean, it was just an unbelievable night that we had. It was great to be there with Great Eights Memorabilia. Don't forget the Great Eights Memorabilia has a lot of other great events coming up, including private signings with John Harbaugh and Quan Bolden and Jonathan Ogden, plus the Great Eights Stable will be a part of Baltimore Celeb Fest on May 15th, where you can meet pro wrestling stars like AEW's Brian Cage and Lance Archer. And coming on June 27th, the inaugural Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota, where you can meet Justin Tucker, plus live music from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth throughout the day. Find out about all these great events right now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. And what a night it was with Great Eights and our buddy Chris Ruling and Gus Edwards last night. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Kahn, who I think I'm sleep deprived today. Because I had to, you know, like John Colson and I had to break down the broadcast last night, and I had to get uh, some audio posted, all those things. So I'm sleep deprived. Jeremy Kahn, I think, might be legally dead because he had to go right from doing that show basically to going and doing the morning show over on the fan this morning. So I uh, appreciate his effort, Ken Zalis as well, and KZ will be back with us tonight. It'll be uh, myself, Kyle, and KZ for night two of our Project Game Day Draft special coming up tonight, starting at seven o'clock. Hope that you will join us once again for that. Coming up on today's program. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'll be honest with you because I like being honest. Unlike a year ago, this is the disadvantage for us. A year ago, the Ravens drafted players and they weren't able to do anything with them. They just basically were forced to sit around and, and wait until they got some orders. Um, this year... They're immediately getting those players and shipping them to Baltimore to go to work. So we have talked with both Rashad Bateman and Odafe Owe this morning. Maybe is all we can tell you. Maybe we'll hear from them at some point today. If not today, maybe another day. Like, maybe. This is the way it's going to work. We uh, thankfully went two for two on this year's first-round picks, the guys that we had previously had on the yeah, show. Decent average. Yeah, I'd, I would continue to do that if, if possible. No, I'm saying we've got overall pretty decent. Oh, over the years? Yeah. Yeah, we've been okay in that department. We've been okay. Last year in Hall this, of Fame baseball players. 
Correct. Yes, one thousand percent. If if we if if our average was a baseball <laughs> average, we would be easily yeah. in Cooperstown. Um, we what we'll do is it's sort of up in the air. If one of them can join us live, we'll, we'll probably them, prefer that. We'll have them join us live. Imagine that. This is the same strategy that we had a year ago with Patrick Queen. We the plan was we were going to share with you the interview that we had recorded before the draft, and literally as we went to press play, he said, "Nope, I can do now." I think it was Socrates, right? Socrates who said, mm-hmm. um, "Also, we'll do it live." If it will do it live, exactly right. That was Socrates. Um, actually, I would say a man smarter than Socrates, <laughs> frankly, a modern. Day. So we will do the same thing. And if if one of them can join us live, if it will do it live. If not, we'll take a listen to our interview from from earlier. I guess now that I think about that a little bit more, we might end up doing away first. Well, that's a little bit. We might end not up, exactly how we we might. That. I understand we might flip things around. So if we if we call, I'll tell you more off the air. I'll tell you more off the. It's okay. You can leave it. I don't like you don't have to mess with blend. it. You don't have to mess with it. Just make sure all the interviews are downloaded and uh, ready to go. All right. Just make sure that's the Mr. case. Mr. Manager over there. Yeah, Mr. Man. Uh, what happened to all that Mr. Manager <laughs> stuff? Uh, I might not change it now that I think. Yeah, about I don't know why you would. So we'll just. Well, I was buying. We'll tell me off the bu- air. I was buying more time, but that might not make. I wish a you had more time. I wish you knew that reference better. In a few minutes, we're going to chat with uh, Ron Johnson, former Ravens wide receiver. He's now an analyst, both on TV and radio, in Minnesota, uh, at uh, KFAN 100.3 and Fox 9 up that way. So he knows a thing or two about Rashad Bateman. And he's going to tell us a little bit more about the new Ravens Reading receiver. Reading a pretty great article in The Ringer about Bateman just this okay. morning. Okay. I didn't know how much of a, you know, how his past is. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys have endured a lot of difficult mm-hmm. things in their lives. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, pretty uh, perseverance is a nice quality to have. I, 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 a, I like that. I prefer yeah. great football of players. Course, course. And hopefully that's what the no Ravens doubt. got in uh, Rashad Bateman. And then uh, also later on in the show, we'll talk to our buddy Howard Griffith from Big Ten Network as both the Ravens' first two picks happen to play in the Big Ten. Um, so he's a man that might know a thing or two about both Bateman and Owe. We will talk to him about those players. And if you missed our interview with Gus Edwards from last night, we'll try to get that to you before the show is over. So all of that coming up today. Um, I've had a few more hours to think about it last night. I, I mean, I was I was gleeful when the pick was Rashad Bateman. I can't lie about that. This is the guy. I, it doesn't happen this way very often that when, when you first sit down and look at the draft mm-hmm. and you identify someone then and say, look, of all the guys, this is Unless the guy. The Steelers. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, the, any of the only. Well, it turns out you weren't the only team that wanted to run. I there. get it, but Najee Harris seemed yeah, like a correct. throughout the entire Everybody. process. No, I'm just like... talking about uniquely for from a fan perspective or an analyst perspective. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that the first time you sit down and look at all of this and say, "If there's a guy, it's this guy," mm-hmm. and that ends up being the guy when you get to draft night. It's just very rare that it works out that way. But there were there were, he was always one A, and you could say that Ojolari was my one B, and so. You know, it's a bummer. I know that there was a knee thing that popped up as the draft process went on. So who knows? Maybe if that had never happened, Ojolari right. might have been in play at 31. Maybe he might not have been in play um, at 27. He might not have been. Might have been exactly board, right. right? Um, but Bateman was always the guy. And we talked about every time we brought a draft analyst on, we led the conversation with Rashad Bateman. Well, we would sneak every in. We time. would always have some. I mean, it was. I would lead it every yeah, time yeah. with Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman. I could not stop talking about Rashad Bateman. Because of the practical players, he was the one that always seemed to be the right fit. 
It's also not uh, just Period. a year prior, before this whole season started, and like after the last year, he was a top fifteen pick. Realistically, like people were talking about him as one of the top receivers. Mm, that's not that, that's not worth I a get lick. It. But, but I'm I mean, saying like this was a weird year last year. It was a weird year, sure, but it was a weird year for a lot of people. It wasn't just a weird year for Rashad Bateman. That's not what I mean. That's not my point. I'm trying to make. I'm saying that it's. I don't know what. If he would have even been available in a normal year at 27, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Either, I don't, but I'm throwing these a raven. I don't think the. I, I think you're over. You're over dramatizing the idea that Rashad Bateman fell because there was a COVID outbreak. That's that's not a thing. Like I mean, that's that's not what he played. Like he wasn't one of the guys that didn't play. Now he announced he wasn't going to play, and then he played. Like he played. That happened. We saw Rashad Bateman on the field this season. Um, it was a weird year for everybody. It was a very weird year for everybody. Jason, or sorry, Odafe Owe, I got to make sure I get that right. Odafe Owe included. It's why I don't get obsessed over sure. talking about the zero sacks thing. So I, I'm gleeful about Bateman, and I can't lie about that. I am. I'm gleeful about it. I I think there is room to say, why wouldn't the Ravens have done this a couple years ago when it was a taller, bigger version of Rashad Bateman when A.J. Brown was on the board? I don't have the answer to that question. I don't know why it is that they didn't prioritize this type of receiver in the past. I don't know that. But this is the type of receiver they're missing. And by the way, his presence should also help Hollywood Brown, presumably. So it might very well be that if they had drafted um, the other guy, the A.J. Brown, a couple years ago, the guy they would have been looking for in this draft would have been someone more like Elijah Moore. Sure. It might very well be the case that they always wanted one of those and one of these. And so whatever math they did to get there was the math they were going to do to get there. And we'll be bummed that it wasn't A.J. Brown a couple years ago, but hopefully Rashad Bateman will make us not care about that down the road. I don't think it's, it's crazy to infer that they did want one of those and one of these when they took Boykin and Brown, right? Like, I mean, I, I, in a perfect the, world, right? Like they're saying, in, well, a, we need, in a perfect we need world. I, don't, I, just, I just don't operate with the idea that third round wide, wide receivers are, yeah, the are answers. The Ravens they can, did, right? Like the they Ravens can say that, that all they was, want. That was, in their minds, them committing to the receiver position. I, that's fine. That's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I know what you're trying to say, but I'm not. It's you know, like, well, we it's spent not all these fourth through sevenths, and they didn't right. work. It's time right. to start spending some thirds, you know? Um. By the way, it seems like I'm zoomed in today. Did you fix that already? I believe I did fix okay. that. Okay. All right. It just still seems like, there you go. There we go. It, for some reason, was delayed. In delayed quite a while, because that was about five minutes ago I fixed that. But it's um, I don't know the I don't know the answer to that question. But we'll, 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 we'll plow ahead. We'll, yes, we'll attempt to Mr. move plow. forward. Mr. Pl- King Plow. King Plow. Um, I, I can't tell you, I can't guarantee to you that this is going to work with Rashad Bateman. Uh, the things that we talked about last night, I stand by. Anybody that is looking at this and saying, this is another example of why we can expect the Ravens' offense to change, no. No. This bit that we do where we don't think wide receivers matter because the Ravens are going to run the ball so much is stupid. It's incredibly stupid. They still have to throw the ball. They're not doing one or the other. They're just doing one more than other teams do and the other a little bit less than other teams do. But they're still doing it. And they need specifically the guys on the outside to be guys they can rely on to get open and catch the football. Mm-hmm. And Rashad Bateman, everything about him screams that he's that guy. Is he going to be Justin Jefferson? Is he going to be DK Metcalf? I can't Hopefully. promise that. 
I, I'd be stunned. I, I just don't see a world in which a I Ravens mean, receiver is going a, for 1,400 a, yards. There's a difference. This is like conversation about receivers in the Ravens offense is not necessarily about the numbers they've produced to me. It's about the, the, the respect they demand from a defense. It's a little bit about that. To me, it's a lot about the reliability. It's a lot about no having a guy that it's when you throw the ball to and need to extend a drive, he's going to catch the football. And that's their part and, and parcel, right? Like it's when they turn the film on, when they're preparing for the Baltimore Ravens throughout the course of a week, they see – well, anytime you leave this guy one-on-one, he wins. You can't. We have to give him more attention. And it doesn't need to produce 90 catches. It doesn't. It needs to be that consistent presence in the receiving game. Yes, it needs to be a guy that sometimes when they look like they might be covered, you can still throw the football anyway and trust it. It needs to be someone who can help Lamar Jackson be more complete as an outside-the-numbers passer. Or, it needs or, to be or all of cover those up things. his deficiencies, right? Like give him Correct. some room for error. Correct, all of those things. That's what the Ravens need. Now, if what comes along with that is that in certain games – they are more comfortable if that factor that we're talking about, the idea that when you go face the Chiefs, you're not going to be able to get them to play your brand of football, which, by the way, I would still attempt. I would still start with that. I would never go into a Chiefs game thinking the answer is we got to go try to throw the ball, outslug them, no. throw on the ball 50 times. I think that's insane. I thought it was dereliction of duty what happened last year when the Ravens faced the Chiefs and had absolutely no clue what kind of game they should be playing. I would never go into it that way. But the other thing that we do where we say, what happens if the game gets away from you? What happens if you're forced to throw the ball a little bit more? You're hoping that the presence of Rashad Bateman will help make you better in those situations. It's not about changing what you do. It's about being better when you do the other thing. Does that mean that there can't be, that the math might ultimately work out, that we look back at the end of the year, that maybe they did throw the ball a few more times than they had in previous years? Maybe. Maybe it does. But we always, we're obsessed with this idea of doing something else. And we want to use anything to say, well, maybe they don't want to do that anymore. Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator. Lamar Jackson's the quarterback. This is about... They're they're running the ball. the, The volume is never... Right, like when we talked about the Ravens' offense and the concept of evolving it, it was never about volume in the passing game, right? Like it was about evolving what it is you are asking of the volume you're giving to the passing game, right? Like expanding the concepts that you're using for those 25 passes a game. And when you add better players, right? 12-yard catches can turn into 30- or 40-yard gains, right? People can run after the catch. They can break tackles, all of the above, right? You, A.J. Brown is perfect evidence of yes, that. Yes, he's quite good. The yes. Titans aren't exactly throwing 80-yard passes Not typically, field, right? So if those 25 passes are simply going to be used on three routes, slants, like button hooks, maybe a bubble screen here and there, and go routes, you're going to struggle to find – real threats right like and i don't know that that's all i don't know that's all the problem but i think rashad bateman is known as somebody who is very refined as a route runner i would love to see um more more impressive concepts i would love to see all of those things that's 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 wonderful if you can mix that in 
I, what I most care about is that you do what you do to put yourself in an opportunity to win, and they've done a really good job of that. They need to continue to do that. And then from there, if they can build off of that, God bless. Papa but, bless. Papa bless, yes. But if the, the notion that drafting a wide receiver makes you think they utterly are changing what they do, I, I can't. I don't. Well, what about when they trade for Julio Jones? By the way, I, I did say this last night. I'm still in the Julio Jones conversation. This doesn't that. change any of that. The, somebody else has to line up you on the still outside, get him too. For a 20, 22 second. Yeah, I'm I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Rashad Bateman does not take me out of the Julio Jones. Wouldn't camp. mind having him learn from Julio Jones. I also wouldn't mind having an insurance policy in case for some reason. For example, in case. I can put you in touch with some people. You thank want. you. In case Julio Jones' hamstring continues to be an issue, drafting Rashad Bateman, too, means you're not all in on Julio Jones. Same in can be case said about Rashad, Bateman, Rashad right, Bateman's yeah. not ready as a rookie, it's nice to have Julio Jones there, too. This notion that you're only allowed to have so many receivers is is not a thing. No, it's hard now, for Ravens. Now, <laughs> at some point, it probably costs somebody deeper on. It, it might mean there's just no room for James Prochet. And that's a bummer because I think we all like James Prochet, but... Or if it that's might what it mean you have to carry six receivers I, and figure maybe, it out. Right? But the Ravens be, have I'd philosophically be, I, been opposed to such things. They've never, I, as far as I can yeah, remember, done that. I'd be surprised. What I'm saying is that like Sammy Watkins being on the team doesn't preclude me from no. doing other big things. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, hey, we've got to get a certain number of snaps for Sammy Watkins. No, I am making no plans maybe you could throw him in the for that whatsoever. What's that? It will also give you Sammy Watkins. Oh, in the Julio Jones trade? I don't think they're going to be all that interested in that, but um, we'll see. you know, you could try anyway. We'll see. And I don't know that they're even going to trade him, right? Like It would probably be, if you're going to draft Kyle Pitts, it seems like you're trying to build a good passing offense. Yeah. Might, it might help you to have Julio Jones. It, it might very well. <laughs> I have no idea if they're going to trade Julio Jones or not. I have no clue, but I'm saying this Suddenly looking around and saying, <laughs> well, now I've got Batemans, Watkins, Brown, Boyk. None of that. Right now, you, you really do have six already on the roster. And, and Bateman, Brown, Watkins, um, Boykin, Boykin Prochet, and Duvernay. You really do have six legitimate receivers on the roster. If you add it in, right now it's hard-pressed to imagine them having roles for all six. You add in another one, you're particularly hard-pressed. It's also hard to think that they could cut any of them. Oh, it's not hard to think that they could you cut James Prochet. It was a six-round pick. I, I mean, it. that's just like you—you you have to prove that. Like, I get it, but the opportunity hasn't been given at all. I'm right? not. This isn't. It's not a damn. You're not I damning him. Well, you're not saying he could never play. They didn't play him for a reason, but I don't. Like, I don't know. You're you're saying e either you show me something. By the way, also, you know, there's going to be a training camp this year. There's going to be preseason games, and we can knock on everything we want. Unfortunately, guys are probably going to get hurt again. Oh, my favorite part. My favorite part. And I'm not telling you that I expect them to make a Julio Jones move now. I'm just saying that it wouldn't preclude me from that. I wouldn't say, well, now I can't be in on the Julio Jones thing because Rashad Bateman's a Baltimore Raven. I would not feel that way whatsoever. Go get as many good football players as you possibly can. I would continue to live that way moving forward. We'll talk more about uh, Odafe Owe, the artist formerly known as Jason Owe, Odafe, um, we, when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, he told us about his Nigerian heritage, and he announced last night that he would like to go back to being known by his uh, legitimate first name and not by his middle name, Jason. So we will uh, do our best to try to remember that and make sure that we honor that moving forward with Odafe Owe. But we will talk more about him as the morning goes on. Ooh, we are here on a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, the morning after, if you will. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. 
Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797, C3America.com for your free analysis. Let's talk a little bit more about Rashad Bateman, our next guest, a former Baltimore Raven and, like Rashad Bateman, a former Minnesota Golden Gopher. Now he is doing radio for KFAN out in uh, Minnesota as well as uh, doing TV for Fox 9. He is covering the University of Minnesota. He knows a thing or two about this man. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program our friend Mr. Ron Johnson, who's with us now on GCR. Ron, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Ron, when I say the name Rashad Bateman, just what's your immediate reaction? Uh, playmaker. I mean, if you watch Rashad Bateman, you know, we do the uh, Gophers game day show, and I missed a couple this year. Uh, I did a couple games for FS1 and FS2. But, you know, when you watch Rashad Bateman, you turn the film on, you know, right away you notice something different about that kid. And, and what it is is he has a want and the need to always make the big play. And so when I say that, you'll notice whether it's a big block down the field. You know, he's going to be down the field leading Mo Ibrahim into the end zone on some of his highlights um, as they start to deep dive into more of his game. Um, you know, when you watch Tyler Johnson in 2019 make a big catch, Rashad Bateman's right down there trying to make a block, trying mm. to get into the play. And so he's not he's not your typical – uh, receiver one, where he's kind of selfish and, hey, it's all about me. It's my, t-. you know, he's a team first guy, and you know, PJ Fleck, that's what they create there. You know, that's the culture they bred there, where it's about team first. You know, it's about who can, you know, it, what's your how is what he says. You know, why are you doing this? How are you doing it? And those guys breathe it. You know, roll the boat is a culture, and you know, as you talk to the kid, you'll see he has a roll the boat tattoo on his arm. I don't know many kids that commit to a school and then get the school mantra tattooed on them in year one. You know, this kid right away, once he heard what Row the Boat was about, um, you know, he just he bought into it. And, and, and a quick story about it, T.J. Fleck lost a kid um, early on, and Row the Boat was something that he used to get out of bed every day. Uh, because if you think about it, if you're actually rowing a boat, your back is to the target. So you don't see where you're going. You just have to get up and go and row. And then let somebody else lead you, whether it's God, whether it's your coach, whether it's your wife, your family, whatever. Somebody's going to have to help lead, and you just need to be the power. You need to be the engine. Just row. Just get up and go. And, and that's what Row the Boat is about, and that's what Rashad Bateman believes. And it shows. You know, this kid, without question, has done what's asked of him. You know, in, in a season where a lot of top guys opted out, he did because he had got COVID and lost weight and then, you know, has, you know, health issues or concerns about COVID. Once they said, hey, the Big Ten's going to play, the kid came back and played. Um, and then, of course, you know, there was another COVID thing, and so he was out again because another – I think – I don't know how many players, but they had like a 20 players at one point when they were about to play Purdue, I think the game was, or somebody. I can't remember who we were about to play, but they had like 20-something players out with COVID. <laughs> so, you know, and, it's, and, and P.J. Fleck was saying it, it's not the player's fault. You know, nobody really knew at that time who had it, yep. how it's contracted, if you're asymptomatic, but then you test positive, did you really test positive, was it a false positive? You know, so with all the uncertainty, Rashad then at that point took another step back and said, okay, I'm going to have to step out and get ready for the draft. But, you know, that's, that's what he is, though. He wanted to play for his teammates. He wanted, you know, even though it was a six-game season or whatever it was going to be, he was like, man, I just want to be here and, and be a part of it. Uh, so that's what they're getting, man. You're getting an unselfish team first guy. 
as a former receiver yourself, just how impressive is he as a technician, as a route runner at, at this young age? Yeah, I mean, he, he has a lot to learn. Um, you know, you'll see the explosiveness. You'll see the speed. You know, that was questions at first, was which I never understood how you can question a guy that on tape is running by guys, um, their speed. But, you know, that came up. You know, how fast is he for real? And then he went out and ran a 4-3 in his pro day. And so that was answered. Um, but, but with routes, you know, he was limited with some of the routes they have in their tree because of their RPO-style offense. Um, but this year, I think, helped him because when Tyler Johnson left, he moved into the slot primarily and did a lot of slot, slot stuff. So you see him running the post corners, um, the digs, the curls, the slant goes. Um, and when he got to do it, it limited at that. He looked pretty good. So when I say give him time, that's what I mean. Is this kid, this was the first year he really got to do a lot of different routes. Uh, where normally he was the outside receiver just running go routes, running curls and comebacks. Um, this year he got to do a lot of the inside double move stuff, the, the tricky routes, and he's just learning them. That's what I'm saying, and he did a good job. So his ceiling, I mean, we can't see it right now because he hasn't even gotten the opportunity to say, hey, kid, go run a post-corner post. Go run a, a slant and go. And then, you know, hit hook it up because it's a play-action play. You know, there's a ton of routes out there that I see guys like Stephon Diggs run and some of these other guys that I think Rashad can do. He is Ron Johnson, former Ravens wide receiver, now an analyst out in Minnesota. He is with us here on GCR. Ron, I guess we'll start with reliability. You know, even if he's not, it's not complete yet with the route tree, how much is Lamar Jackson going to be able to trust that when he is open, he's going to catch the football and and you can throw it to him and believe if, if he's got any space, Rashad Bateman's making the catch and extending a drive? Yeah, he attacks the ball with his hands at the high point. Um, 50-50 balls, he tries to make them more like 70-30. Um, he uses his body well. Um, his releases off the line aren't that of a kid that's six one six two. Um, he has that quick foot kind of jitterbug release um, that you don't see a ton of guys his size using. Um, and I think that's an advantage where normally a bigger guy or a taller guy when they're 6'2", you know, your your thought process off the line as a DB is this guy's about to come out hard and try to, you know, close the cushion. Well, Rashad kind of gives you that stutter step, you know, dead leg, and then he goes – but he has the speed to still get on top. So I think Lamar Jackson, man, he's going to enjoy it. You know, when you look at him, um, you know, Brown and, and, and that offense they ran, I think Rashad could be one of the missing pieces um, to just having another weapon, another outlet for him, <clears throat> but also another guy that can go over. So if Brown's your deep threat and he runs the deep over and he takes two safeties with him, you can have Rashad coming across the opposite direction running a deep over and he's tall enough to be seen doing that. You know, he doesn't always have to be your go deep threat because you already have a speed guy. And so I think that's going to be a benefit to have two guys with that kind of speed where if you run double verticals up the seam or you run double verticals on the same side of the field, you got to pick your poison if you're the safety of who am I going to eliminate? Am I going to go eliminate, you know, Brown over the other side or am I going to have to worry about Bateman? And I think it's going to be a benefit. When Bateman got to play with Tyler Johnson, who now mm-hmm. is with the Buccaneers, he was the Big Ten receiver of the year, and I think that's the key is when you give him another weapon, another you know kind of weapon X next to him, it's lights out because now you have to literally decide coverage early um, 
and I think that's gonna, you know, it's gonna do nothing but help Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson's gonna have now another guy that he can count on, you know, and they already have a really good tight end. Um, so it, it's just, and then we already know the the footwork and the run game of Lamar Jackson and those running backs. You know that that play action now. If you're a if you get nosy at safety and you mm-hmm. look, Bateman's gone, and he can catch up the balls too. He's not a guy where you feel like if I throw it too far, I'm gonna overthrow this kid. He hasn't had to really turn the Jets on. I mean, there's one highlight where he catches on the left side of the field against North Dakota State, I think it was, or North Dakota, um, the Jackrabbits, but he makes the one-handed, left-handed catch. And, I mean, it doesn't even look like he's running fast, but if you actually watch the wide angle and break it down, man, his stride, he's just eating up ground trying to catch up to this ball and then stabs it with one hand. So that's that's just what this kid can do. So then – how how much of the well, obviously the Ravens Lamar Jackson improvisation is sort of in the script even if it's not how how good is he at utilizing open space sort of like reacting to a play throughout the course of it and 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 having those second chances when maybe a pr- play breaks down yeah there's another uh, play it's not a highlight but you can I'm pretty sure if you look I forgot what game it is but it's at Minnesota um, he runs like a slant. And then the play is kind of, I don't know if the quarterback scrambled or what, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember he ran like a slant and his route was like a slant, kind of an over. And then he literally reversed field, stepped in the ground, came back out of it like a scramble drill. And then the quarterback threw it to the sideline, caught it with with his hands, not his body, got both feet in. And so that's the kind of stuff. He's going to keep playing through the play. Like he's not a guy that wants to play breaks down. He panics and stands there. Um, the Minnesota Gophers receivers coach, Matt Simon, he's now the passing game coordinator. They do a good job with teaching these kids, you know, the basic principles where you see even NFL guys now lack sometimes just the scramble drill rules. Like that when I was growing up uh, in college and in the NFL, that's the one thing we worked on was scramble drill. You know, when the quarterback scrambles, where do you go? Mm-hmm. And they would have Brian Billick would have guys line up. And maybe this is Brian getting it from the Ravens or the uh, Vikings back when he had Randy Moss, Chris Carter, and those guys. But we would line up, and then he would say, hey, boom, play, play, play shot. You know, Chris Redman has to scramble. What do you do? And then we all would have to figure it out. Same thing. You know, Kyle Bowler has to scramble. What do you do? And so that was just – it got ingrained, and it was like a period where we would have to go 10 minutes of this just to make sure when he's scrambling, we're all on the same page. Um, Bateman has that – you know, it's just in him. You know, he has that innate ability – to just get open when the quarterback has to, you know, hesitate or has to step away from a sack and the play didn't happen at the timing was supposed to happen, he's going to keep playing through it. Another couple of minutes here with Ron Johnson, former Ravens wide receiver, now with KFAN 100.3 out in Minnesota, Fox 9 as well. Ron, when we talked to Rashad a few weeks back, um, we were talking about the blocking, and you referenced his downfield blocking, and he told us then that, like, you know, run blocking isn't his strength. It's not something that's been a priority for him. Was willing, was certainly willing, but not something that's been a priority for him. Obviously, knowing what the Ravens do, it's something they're going to have to do. And then I'll combine that with, you know, one of the things the Ravens have struggled with is getting wide receivers to come play here because they're just not going to throw the ball as much. And the numbers are not going to be as significant as, say, you know, Justin Jefferson's numbers were as a rookie last year in Minnesota. How, how, knowing what you know about Rashad, how do you think he'll handle the games where the ball's just not coming his way the same way as it might be somewhere else and where all he's being asked to do for the most part in certain games is – 
a good amount of blocking and a little bit of catching the football. At, knowing what you know about his personality, how will he handle all of that? Man, I mean, that kid's humble. Like, he's he's a quiet kind of – like, you, you never really know what he's thinking. Uh, he's a real humble, quiet kid. He's not a rah, 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 look at me, I hate this place type of guy. Um, you know, this has been his dream to play in the NFL, and now it's come to fruition. And so – I honestly think, like, you know, early on, the first two years for sure, he's going to do whatever it takes to just be on the team. That's first. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows how important this is for his family, for himself, you know, setting himself up for the future. Um, but he also has been training with a guy by the name of Adam Thielen, you know, one of the Vikings receivers who is a huge, um, you know, believer in Christ, um, just a huge team first guy, you know, a guy that was undrafted, a guy that played special teams. Even after being a starter, he stayed on special teams for a little bit until Mike Zimmer was like, hey, you're the star now. Like, we can't have you out there getting hurt on punt return, you know, yep. breaking a, yep. a finger trying to block a punt. And so Rashad has been, you know, all summer has been training. And, you know, once the season ended, he started training right away up here. Or once his season ended, when he opted out, he's been training up here in Minnesota with Adam Thielen. So he's listening, soaking it in. Um, and then the same went for uh, Tyler Johnson. You know, I, I took Tyler Johnson over to meet Adam Thielen. Uh, it was that two years ago, probably, when he was in the same predicament. And, uh, you know, same thing. Tyler ended up going to a team where bought him in, should have been great, and then all of a sudden Antonio Brown comes in, and so he doesn't get the ball. So these two guys are cut from a similar cloth where Rashad is going to be okay. Uh, but, you know, I was there. And, I, and it, whenever I get a chance to talk to him, I'm going to tell him that. I was there when Jamal Lewis ran for 295 yards. Yeah. I was there. We threw the ball 10 times a game. Yep. Um, I tell that to people all the time. Like, it was a blessing. God put me there for a reason. I don't know what. Um, I just have to live with what happened. But, you know, end up getting hurt, hurt my knee, and then, you know, hurt my back and just never really getting it going. Um, but, yeah, I wish I could have went to a team that threw the ball 30, 40 times a game. That would have been great. You know, but it wasn't that wasn't my story. My story is now being able to be on TV, radio and and tell that. And I think Rashad understands that, too. Whatever happens, happens. You know, I think at the end of the day, God has a plan for us. And you just have to be able to be willing to do it because you never really know who you're impacting or what situation you're in or where you end up. It's not really for you. You know, God might have put you there for somebody else. And I think sometimes we have to understand that, too, that our situation often is not for us. It's for others. And, you know, people are watching you or people are seeing you. And so I don't know what Rashad's story is going to be. You know, it's not written. You know, so we have to watch it unfold. And, you know, who knows? Harbaugh might have a change of heart and say, look, we know Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. We know that he can run. But what do we struggle with doing? Throwing. So why would we run, run, run just to get to a playoff game and be forced to throw? And then we're out in the first round or second round. You know, I think the goal is going to be if we can find a way to win by throwing, running, we know we can do. I think that's the key. You know, that's when teams can do that, when they can do what they're not great at and still win games, it saves what they're good at for later in the playoffs because teams now, you're unpredictable. You know, but if you're going to come in and run in the ball 45 times a game, we know what we got to do in the playoffs. <laughs> we got to make your quarterback try to beat us. And that's what they've been in the last couple of years. Uh, and look, I you know I I think that they are purposely trying to improve as a passing team, Ron. I I still think they're going to be heavily focused on the run just because you know it's Greg Roman, right? Like that's what he does. Um, that's all he's ever been as a coordinator. But I hear you. I think this is about saying we need to improve in that department, and hopefully Rashad Bateman can help it. 
All right, Ron Johnson. It's at 3 Ron Johnson on Twitter is how people can give you a follow. Is there anything else we can plug for you, my friends? No, just I'm on Instagram now, so 3 Ron Johnson on Instagram as well. Um, nothing much, man. Just We just got draft content coming this weekend. The Vikings have loaded up a bunch of stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking Rashad Bateman, of course, because he's a gopher, so we're going to have some of that stuff loaded up as well. And, you know, we'll, I'll be retweeting a lot of the gophers' highlights. But, you know, the one thing I'll say – is, you know, for, for Ravens fans, understand who you're getting at Rashad Bateman. You know, this is a kid that dreamed of this moment, so he's going to do everything he can to make the best of it. But I think that's a good group of guys for him to be around. I watched, you know, Lamar Jackson on, on Instagram Live last night, you yeah. know, kind of watching Bateman's highlights. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's going to fit in with those guys well. Ron Johnson, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Continued uh, safety, health to you, your entire family, everybody up that way. Appreciate you joining us. No, thank you. Ron Johnson checking in with us here on GCR, former Ravens wide receiver. Uh, obviously lots of uh, wonderful things to say about Rashad Bateman. And, you know, appreciate the honesty about, you know, maybe some of the limitations and the routes that he ran at uh, Minnesota over the well, last couple years. He was asked to do so right. far. Correct. Yeah. Not not that he couldn't, just that's I mean, he not. He did well with them to be doing right. that so soon. Kind right. of thing, or... But appreciate that honesty. We will see how that unfolds. And I don't expect many rookies to come in as completely polished NFL route runners. That's that's rare. Um that tends to come more experience, more time. Things a rare medium. Lines. Well done. Thank you. Yes, all of those things. We'll do Kyle in the Kitchen later on in the show as well. We 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 think. We think we'll do Kyle in the Kitchen later on in the show. Um, of course, knowing our luck. I did some wings more. yesterday, but that's not what we're going to do. I didn't. Oh. Well, what are you going to do? It's a sandwich. A Sammy? Yeah. You got a Sammy? A Sando, the as the kids say? Sammy strategy. Sammy strategy. All right. We will, uh, we will do that a little bit later on. Hey, act now. Beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. We're going to hear from Rashad Bateman when we come back in. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio Press Box. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad 
weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over, so we need to continue to be vigilant, do the right things, including wearing our masks, and if we're going to wear them, why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players? Home team masks, available right now. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. we got a purple and orange state flag neck gaiter for you, as well as the Celebrate 8 MVP neck gaiter, and an over-the-ear faded to Stress state flag and traditional colors mask. They're available. Pressboxonline.com slash masks. Let's get this over with. Wear our masks. Home team masks. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is Nothing but net. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We are back in here on Glenn Clark Radio. Again, the Ravens made two picks last night. Obviously, Rashad Bateman and Adafe Owe. We will be talking about that again tonight on the Project Game Day Draft Special. Night two from right here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio coming up at 7 o'clock. Myself, Kyle, KZ, and Stan the Fan's going to check in uh, via Zoom tonight as well, as it looks like we're going to have some time before the Ravens make another pick, as not only do they not hold a second-round pick, but in um, in talking, or in, in Eric DaCosta's press conference last night, he said, just doesn't think that the, the price that it would cost for them to get back into the second round would be something that they would be able to do that doesn't, by the way, which also, you know, that could be posturing or price can change and all of those things. And it's not impossible. They figure out a way to get back into round two, but it's what not two thirds probably for next year's third and this year's third. Maybe I, I, I would have to probably do I'd it. Have to, 
I mean, I mean to get into to, the late mid yeah, middle late the, the yeah. late portion I think of yeah. the second round. I don't know. We'd have to I'd have to I'm Those not draft charts easily figured out. Yes, you know? correct. I just haven't spent a lot of time on that at the moment. So um it's it's just kind of what it is. All right. Um again, as I said, we would love to have had these guys join us live this morning. The the fact that they're flying into Baltimore today makes it very difficult. We talked to both of them. We're planning on chatting with both of them at some point. Unfortunately, probably just not going to be today. But we did have the opportunity to catch up with both of the Ravens. Uh, first-round draft picks in the last couple of weeks. And the one that we had on, I think the first significant prospect that we had on, and we did it purposely because he was the guy, was Rashad Bateman. And this goes back almost two months at this point that we caught up with Rashad Bateman because we thought then that this was the most logical fit for the Baltimore Ravens. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a listen to that this morning and we're going to see what it is that Rashad Bateman had to say then when we chatted with him. Interesting now with the reflection that he ended up being the Ravens' first-round pick at number 27. Rashad Bateman from just a couple weeks ago right here on GCR. Well, pleasure now to be joined here on GCR by a man who I know all of you are hoping is going to end up being sitting there at 27 for the Baltimore Ravens to get him, or maybe they move up to go get him after we saw what times he was running uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he is Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman, and he joins us now here on GCR. Rashad, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No, man, I thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on today. A- absolutely, dude. Is there any chance that we could get you to like maybe run a little bit slower next time so that we don't have to worry about whether or not you're still around when the Baltimore Ravens have a pick? job is to always go fast <laughs> how good did you feel so so what was like legit what which is the time when we see these times flying around sub four four what's the time that you're saying this is my number this is what i run in the 40 uh, i i say four three seven or four three nine because Damn, i got dude. four three nine on the laser and i got four three seven on stop Phew, boy um it's pretty funny that people said that maybe speed might be the issue for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of people thought that, so you know, it was just it was just good to go out and you know just you know do my job and you know you know prove people wrong. No doubt about it, dude. Rashad, how good is it? it just I know this is gonna sound like a dumb guy question. How good is it to be Rashad Bateman right now? It feels like the world has got to be your oyster. Um, as skilled and talented as you are, and as exciting as this portion of your life would have to be. Man. Uh, I'm just taking all in. All of it's still surreal to me. Uh, I'm just taking it one, one day at a time. You know, all of this is a blessing. You know, getting close to my dreams day by day. Um, so, um, you know, everything's exciting. Uh, nervous. Uh, all the emotions are running through, but. Um, it's just an exciting time to be me right now, I guess, uh, or anybody else that's in this position right now. No doubt, man. All right, so so take me back for a second. You're a kid from Georgia. H- how exactly did you end up at Minnesota to begin with? Um, Minnesota was recruiting me uh, the summer going into uh, my senior year, um, and they was the first Power Five school to offer me. Um, so I committed. Uh, then uh, on the spot uh, at a camp, you know, I built a relationship with the coaches, and you know, uh, they made Minnesota feel like home to me. Uh, I got up there, I got comfortable with the guys, and co- comfortable with the coaches and, and stuff like that. So, uh, you know. It was a good spot for me, and it worked out. I love everything about it. Yeah, it certainly worked out. I bet you there's a few schools down south that are probably kicking themselves about the fact that they let you get away. Um, uh, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to imagine there's a couple of them. You you, you have this unbelievable career at Minnesota. Uh, take me through the the last year, and, and obviously you had made the decision that you weren't going to play. The Big Ten you know, didn't look like they were going to play. 
How, how kind of strange was this year for you, and and what did you take from your final season of playing at Minnesota? Um, this past season was definitely one uh, to remember. Um, everything was very different, um, just with COVID and everything, and uh, with me having asthma um, and things like that. Um, but uh, the biggest thing that I took from uh, 2020 uh, season is just like you just got to keep going no matter what. You know, you always at the end of the day you got to make the, make the best decisions for you. Um, and I feel like that was one of the hardest decisions that I ever had to make in my life, um, leaving my team behind and opting out and things like that. But um, everybody was pretty understanding from the coach himself all the way down to the players. Um, so uh, the biggest lesson I learned is like, uh, you know, sometimes you got to make tough decisions in life and, you know, you got to be com- comfortable with that. I respect that. Rashad Bateman with us on GCR. We got to see you on a wild Friday night against the University of Maryland. Uh, we were thrilled. It went, ended up going the right way for us in these parts. Yeah. Um, are, when, when a game like that is going on, are you able to appreciate, enjoy it in any way? Or, like, are, are you too locked in the moment to be able to say, hey, like, this is a fun game to be a part of? I feel like every game is like that when you go out there and play uh, college football or Friday night likes. Um Every every time you go out there and step on the field and you get to perform and, and do what you love, I think it's a uh, it's a big blessing. So um, there's a lot of excitement, you know, running through the veins and you know, a lot of emotions. And uh, I think just playing a game of football, you know, is just very exciting in general. Were you, were you at all? Were you guys at all caught off guard? Like Maryland's been such sort of a doormat in the Big Ten, and all of a sudden Talia Tungavailoa shows up and like they they can play a little bit this season. Were you guys at all caught off guard by that? It's... Oh no, you know. Uh, in the Big Ten, you know, I think the Big Ten has slept on a lot, but, uh, you know, some schools are good one year, some schools are, are not good some years. And, you know, one thing that I learned in the Big Ten is, you know, you got to be able to perform every single weekend because no matter who you're going to play against, everybody has the capability of winning. So, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. And obviously it ended up being a hell of a game. Um, yeah. Rashad, let me talk about you, man, as a player, right? Like, what you, I keep talking about how good you are. It seems like you're good at doing a lot of different things, and that's what really jumps off the page at me. What are your What are your biggest places of pride in your game? What are the things that you believe you do better than maybe not only just anyone in this draft class, but maybe anyone in football? I just think uh, route running and getting open. Um, as a receiver, you know, that's that's like your number one priority is to get open. Um, so uh, in all seasons and in the season, I work a lot uh, on my feet, you know, releases and break points, things like that, you know, just uh, learning to be creative when it comes to route running. Um, so I just think one of my uh, biggest aspects and uh, something that I'm blessed to do is, you know, be creative and uh, uh, run good routes. So. You do that quite well, by the way, dude. You do that quite well. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, we ha- in Baltimore, we do a lot more running the football than a lot of places do, and and it requires a little bit more in terms of blocking. And by the by, no means do I think that blocking is something that's weak in your game. In watching what you do, but is, is it something? that you'd be up for doing more of, you know, or are you the type that says, man, I, I'd take on that challenge of being required to block a little bit more at the next level. Oh yeah. Um, blocking is a part of the, your game as a receiver as well. Um, you, you, your team got to run the football, so you got to be able to do that. Um, at Minnesota, um, I was okay at blocking. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't perfect. I wasn't excellent. Um, but our system was pretty, uh, a lot of RPO system. So, um, I barely, we all barely blocked anyway. But going into the league, you know, uh, blocking is taken very seriously on all teams. Uh, in NFL, you got to be able to run the ball. So um, I just know that's the area that I need to get better in. You know, I'm looking forward to it.
Um, what, what, what would you think? I mean, I know that you're about to have a lot of favorite teams in the NFL because you're going to do these interviews in every city in the country because everyone wants you. But does, uh, does the sound of, like, uh, an MVP quarterback and one of the more explosive offenses in all of football, does that perhaps sound appealing when we talk about Lamar Jackson? Of course it does. But, you know, man, I'm going to be excited. I know. Anywhere I, go. I know. Anywhere I go, you know. Any, trying to... You know, every, every quarterback in the league is an NFL mm-hmm. for a reason. So uh, I'm just going to be be blessed to be a part of any organization. We're just, we're just trying to speak something into existence right now, man. Rashad, yeah. you just got to be honest with you. We're trying to speak something into existence because we are, are huge fans the way that you play the game. Uh, you know, I want to I want to get to know. I, I thought there was something really neat. Obviously, you're in Minnesota everything that went on last summer in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd and and you took on kind of a leadership role um there and 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 changing your number and stepping up um can you tell me a little bit more about what that experience was like for you and and being in that place of leadership at a young age and needing to step up for an entire community in the aftermath of that Uh, it was a blessing you know um it just I just had the chance to step out my comfort zone you know, and do something positive. Um, that was a tough time for everyone um, uh, during that time, um, specifically African-Americans with the George Floyd thing. But, you know, I just wanted to use my platform to influence the ones that are going to be coming up, like kids, you know, other other players that, like, uh, look up to us, high school players, or maybe other college players, you know, maybe adults. Um, so I just want to use my platform to spread, to spread awareness and positivity. Um, so I feel like changing my number, uh, you know, that – my number is going to get seen a lot. So everybody's going to ask why he changed his number. Mm -hmm. So um, I just feel like that was a platform that I can use uh, to spread positivity. So I think it's a powerful thing to do, dude. I think it's a really powerful thing to do. And obviously it forced a lot of conversation that people were probably not didn't would rather just not have. Um, And so I appreciate that, man. Rashad, um, I, I saw. I know that you're close. Obviously, Tyler and and Antoine both get to win a Super Bowl this year. Does yeah. does, it, does it almost like make you feel a little bit more pressed? Like I want to be in a place where they're ready to win immediately because I'm watching my boys step in immediately on day one and get the opportunity to go win a Super Bowl. Do you get that type of feeling? I don't get that type of feeling. Um, it's not that they just went to a good organization, you know, at the same time they went to practice, you know, and they worked their ass off every day for everything that they earned. Sure. Um, it, it, it's not like they, they, they just like, it was Tom Brady, you know, he won a Super Bowl, like he won a Super Bowl, you know, Tom, like the, them guys go to work every day, uh, you know, every team go to work every day, you know, but at the end of the day, only one team is going to win the Super Bowl. So you just got to go, go in with that attitude uh, that all season, you know, uh, to be the best you can be, you know, Unfortunately, Tampa was the team to do that this past season. So, but it just ended up working out for them. I mean, was it? I imagine it was pretty exciting for you to see those guys get the opportunity to win one, though. Oh yeah, it was definitely. I I couldn't even. I I couldn't even put into words how excited I was to watch some guys play. You know, especially I had. I just played with them uh, in 2019. Right. The next year, then a Super Bowl. So that it was very inspiring to see. Uh, that them guys go out there and ball out like that. You know, we always try to do this. I, you know, there's no, we don't have any Minnesota guys in, on the roster in Baltimore right now. Max Williams was here a few years back. Um, are there any guys on this roster that perhaps you have friendships with, relationships with at all, like dating back to Georgia, anything like that? Do you know anybody on the Ravens roster? I do not. No, sir, I do not. Well, we're going to try We're gonna try to change that. We want that <laughs> to change in the coming yes, years. Um, Rashad, take me through, you know, we're talking about you in Baltimore. Baltimore's sitting at number 27. Are you, the, are you the competitive type that, like, 
you know, if if it isn't early on, knowing how good you are, it it's going to drive you. It's going to put a chip on your shoulder that 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 people don't think of you as a top five, top ten type of player in this draft. Um, that stuff don't type of uh, that stuff don't, don't don't motivate me in any type of way. Um, I just stay in my own lane and I just put my head down and go to work. You know, whoever wants me, they want me. Whoever don't, they don't. Um, I can't get caught up in that because I, at the end of the day, I still got a job to do. So, man, you you know you are like a pro, bro. <laughs> like you are absolutely <laughs> everything that I throw up there. You just knock it out of the park. <laughs> that's that's like, the goal, you know, is to be a professional about everything. You you've been through a few of these. I can tell you have been through a few of these in this oh, process. Yeah. Oh yeah. The other thing, I you know, in doing a little research on you, I I was reading about uh, your relationship with your mom and her going back to school. And can you can you take me through you know that relationship and. And and how important it is for you to succeed for her as well. You know, my mom is definitely uh, probably uh, number one role model that I have in my life. Um, just watching her go through the things that uh, she did, you know, the way that she's provided uh, for our family when uh, when we didn't have much. Um, it's definitely inspiring. You know, uh, she motivates me every day. She texts me every morning uh, to make sure that I'm okay and you know to make sure that I'm that I'm still grinding. Um, I'm definitely doing a lot of this for her. You know, my mom grew up in education. Um, I declare early, but I know eventually I'm going to go back and get that degree um, because my mom did it. Uh, she showed me that it's possible. Uh, you know, she went back and she grinded it out. Um, so that's definitely inspiring for me to do. And uh, I always promise her that I will always go back and get my degree. That's awesome, man. That's 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 incredible, bro. I love to hear that. All right. Um, Thank you. This is the important question. I know a lot of people in Minnesota wear the color purple uh, around for various reasons. Is purple a good look for you? Like, are, do you, again, no one, any color, but, like, is purple a particular good look? I have no idea. I, I don't even wear purple a lot. I, ah. I'm looking at my closet now, and uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have anything purple, so. We got to change it. We got to change that. That's the way it's got to be moving forward. Hey, Rashad, what can we plug for you, man? Social media, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that where people can give you a follow? Uh, say that again. What, what, where, what are your handles, Twitter, Instagram, where people can be following you? Uh, my Instagram is bait.13, uh, and my Twitter is r underscore bateman2. r underscore bateman2. Give him a follow there. Rashad, man, you know, I, I, I know that you got fans all over the country right now because everybody's interested in you, but, boy, your name comes up at least three times a day here in Baltimore and how cool that would be for us if it worked out. I really appreciate this conversation, man. You're, you're an inspiring cat, and what you're doing is, is awesome, man. Best of luck to you. Uh, no matter where you end up, except if it's Pittsburgh, we're going to have to hate you if that's the case. But otherwise, <laughs> we're going to be rooting for you because you're a great dude, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Man, yes, sir. I appreciate you all having me on. So, some, uh, you know, just kind of interesting, right? A couple of those things that you hear Captain in there hindsight, now, right? now, right? Like with the hindsight. And again, that was from a few weeks back. It's just kind of interesting to hear some of that and, uh, and where we are now as Rashad Bateman is a Baltimore Raven after being selected with the 27th pick last night. Winding down hour number one of today's program, it has also been brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com, where right now, whether your focus is luxury and comfort, or perhaps your focus is convenience, maybe technologically advanced connectivity, or even sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, we will talk a little bit more about Rashad Bateman and Adafe Owe as joining us in the Big Ten Network. Mr. Howard Griffith, he's next up 
It's the morning after round one of the NFL draft right here on Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A- financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windonation.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at pressboxonline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at 
Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. Into hour number two of the program. If you haven't picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, get to your neighborhood Royal Farms and to the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com on the cover. Orioles ace John Means, and it's available right now for you to pick up that new print issue of Pressbox. We continue to react to night one of the NFL draft. The Ravens took two players from the Big Ten, so why wouldn't we invite on our next guest, a man who knows a thing or two about Big Ten football players. He also knows a thing or two about scoring a ton of touchdowns in one game. Joining us now, he is former Illinois and NFL fullback and Big Ten network analyst Howard Griffith. He's with us on GCR. Howard, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You, you know, I'm assuming that you were paying attention last night. As you saw, <laughs> as you saw these two guys that you've watched play football a lot over the last two years, mm-hmm. both go off the board to the Baltimore Ravens. What were you thinking about in Bateman and Owe both becoming Ravens? Well, I think let's, let's start with Bateman. And uh, he's a guy that, that really, from the time he showed up on campus in Minnesota, really stood out as far as his work ethic and just the talent level that he has. And then as he continued to progress and mature as a player, you know, he became a big play threat. And he's a guy that you can put on the numbers. You can play him outside, put him in the slot. He has that versatility. And I think one of the questions that many people wanted to have answered was how fast, what kind of long speed does he have? And he was able to address that at his pro day. And he's a big-time player. I think he's really going to be able to help the Ravens uh, because I know they've been looking for a, a big-time receiver as far as a physically big, and he's going to be able to really address a lot of those needs there. Um, you know, as far as as far as far where he is at this point, right, and what he was asked to do, we were just talking about this with Ron Johnson a few minutes ago, what he was asked to do at Minnesota versus what he's going to need to do in the NFL to be the player that you're taking, talking about, how far away is he from being – a guy that's ready to do all of the various things that an NFL receiver needs to do? You know, I don't think he's far away at all. I mean, he was well coached, I believe, at Minnesota, and I think now having an opportunity to step into a system uh, where he may be asked to do some different things, I don't think it will take him long. It didn't take him long at all to adjust to the system at Minnesota. So, he's, you know, he's a real uh, high I, uh, football IQ guy, so he's going to be able to make the adjustments that are needed. And, and that's what you want to be able to do, and I think that's why – you know, I think he's a steal at the you know at the bottom of the of the first round toward the bottom. That he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to play for a long time and be really productive, no matter how you decide to use it. I tend to agree. I'm I'm really fired up about him, Howard Griffith. I really don't understand why he. I, I you know, and it's no offense to any of the other. I just don't understand why he was still sitting there at 27. And I'm thankful, thankful for it, but I do not get it whatsoever why Rashad Bateman was still around at 27. <laughs> Let me let me yeah, go. I get it. Yeah. Go go I ahead. Get I get it. Yeah. No, I get it. I understand, but this this draft was so and still is so deep with wide receivers and guys that can that can change games for you that um there's still a lot of great guys that are still on the board that are more slot receivers. But I think he's one of those guys that can has a lot of position versatility at that position. Well, let me go to the uh, the other player the Ravens selected at 31 last night, Howard. That's Adafe Owe, the former Jason Owe, who let us mm-hmm. know last night that he wanted to be going by his uh, by his given first name moving forward, and we were going to respect that. Um, uh, uh, he is a player that we know is talented. But the thing that everybody talks about eternally <laughs> is that he did not record a sack last season. 
<laughs> is that as big of a deal as some people are making it out to be? And if it's not, why isn't it? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And, and here's why. Because I've watched him develop. He's, he's a, a player that still has a tremendous upside, hasn't been playing football for a long time. But I think if you go back uh, two years ago, you, you were able to see that he was able to get to the quarterback when he was uh, when they had Gross Matos out there as well as the other guy that played the defensive end. And he had more flexibility. But when you look at just his physical tools, when you talk about being able to to, to to be upright, to rush the passer, he can do that. I think when you look at what happened last year, he was asked to do some different things uh, at Penn State, and, and it affected him. He still would get to the quarterback. He had hurries, but he just did not finish. Now, if I hadn't seen that the year before, I'd say, ah, I don't know. Maybe he's just a workout warrior. But he he's not that. I think he's a guy that has huge upside. And if you watch his pro day that we covered – He's a guy with his hand, when he's standing up as an outside linebacker, was more fluid in, in his workouts, really, uh, than some of the other players that I watched. So he's a guy that can do a lot, and I think he's going to bring a lot of value. Still has to work, work at his game, but it is so hard when you're right there at the bottom of the draft. There is so much value there that I think if you pass on a guy like that, you could regret it. And, and I think that's one of the things. He's one of those guys you either love or hate right now as a draft prospect. And, you know, he's going to have to go out and prove that he can rush the passer and he can get to the quarterback. But I think he'll ultimately be able to do that at the next level. Seems like people are kind of like split down the middle between ones who say, well, without sacks, how can you be confident? And then there's ones who say, yeah. well, don't worry about it. When you watch the tape, he's disruptive as all, as all get out, right? Like, how how powerful is he at the line of scrimmage, right? Like, imagining him lining up next to the likes of, like, Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams, right? I imagine it's, yeah. it's a pretty formidable front that the Ravens are trying to put together there. Yeah, I think it is. And where you use him, how you utilize him is, I think, what you, what you get from him, at least early, I think, in his, in his NFL career. I think there'll be packages for him where he'll be rushing the passer. You're going to see other, other situations where he's going to be able to drop into coverage and be very effective, not necessarily playing man-to-man, but getting to the hook curl zone, getting out to the flat where he can, uh, you know, be effective. And he's long, and that's, you know, one of the other things. And he can make plays in space. I think that's one of the things, you know, as you continue to watch him, you know, there are some some teams that want to run that decide option. He's one of the few players uh, that I've really been, been able to see to be able to stay with the quarterback and force the quarterback to pitch the ball and still be able to get to that running back for a couple-yard gain or, or, or no gain. So I just think the upside to, to what he has there is, is huge. But you're right. That's why I said people either love him or hate him because there are people that would take him right off the board because he didn't record sacks. Then you look at the measurables and he says, well, you know, we really have to go back and look. And I think that's where it comes into being able to do due diligence sitting down with his head coaches, sitting down with his position coaches, and, and really understand why is it that he did not record a sack. And clearly, Baltimore was uh, satisfied with the answers that James Franklin uh, gave to them, I'm sure, during the interview process. He is Howard Griffith from Big Ten Network. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. 
Howard, um, I, I'll present this, and I'll, I'll do it on behalf. We have an internal uh, a draft analyst here at PressBox. His, his name is Ken Zalis, and we were talking about this during our draft show last night. He said his specific issue with Owe is that the Ravens in their history, and particularly in recent years, have not allowed players whose best trait is going and getting quarterbacks to just go do that. They don't put those players on the field much. They don't typically have a role for a third down pass rush specialist. They they mm-hmm. it's just not what they do. Unique Ngakwe, they traded for Unique Ngakwe a year ago and Unique Ngakwe did nothing um, after he arrived in Baltimore because they just don't use those types of players. Based on what you're just saying to me, you don't think Jason Owe is only that type of player. Do you believe there's a role for him not just on third down but it, and not just in obvious passing downs, but he can be on the field in, in situations where they might be running or you don't know if they're running the football? I, I absolutely believe that. I, I think he's strong enough. He, he has long arms, those long levers that people talk about, uh, to be able to hold off, um, you know, whether it's a tight end or whether it's a tackle. Is, he gonna, is it going to be an adjustment period? Absolutely. And I'm not saying that he is ready to go right now to be a, you know, pro pro bowler or a perennial all pro at this stage in his career. But if developed, he can be that because he has all the attributes you see it. Um, it's just a matter of being in the right system and being and really being developed. And, and I think this is the right system system for him. But but there's that's a general you know that's a good concern. I mean I shouldn't say a good concern, but that is a legitimate concern when you see in previous years that they have not developed you know those type of players. But at the end of the day, you want to be a four down player, and I'm sure he does, and he's going to have to continue to develop. And the Ravens also have to be committed to developing him. And you take a guy that you know is still high in the first round, um, you know, for, as a first rounder. You know, you expect him to be able to develop, and, and as a fan base, you should expect them to go out and give him every opportunity to, to be able to deliver on what people see that he has the potential to do. I mean, so I, like you mentioned, he hasn't been playing football all that long, but, like, how how raw as a pass rusher is he? Is he simply like he only has speed, and if he doesn't get around the corner, then he's not getting to the cornerback? Or is there some variance to what he has to offer as far as that's concerned? Yeah, I think he can bull rush. I think he can do that. I think, obviously, right now it's the speed rush. and But I think where, where young guys or, or inexperienced guys, pass rushers, really have to continue to develop is really their hands being able to reposition themselves because these tackles, these tight ends, they're, they're, they're really good at what they do. So if they need to set, they know what you're going to be able to do. So you have to be able to have strong and violent hands to be able to reset, to be able to work uh, and work your counter moves. That's, that's part of the part of the issue. And, and I think that's something that he can develop. And now all he has to do is really focus on that. And he will have the chance to do that. But, but I don't think he's one of those one trick ponies. I think he'll be able to do it all, but it's going to take time. Um, before we let, and I really appreciate you taking the time, Howard Griffith. Before we let you go, could I ask you about just a couple of names that are still on the board that are Big Ten guys that might fit, um, perhaps the Ravens? I, I, I'm going to throw out. I still think that they have a need at tight end. They were a better team when they had three tight ends on the field. Pat Fryermuth from Penn State Ooh. is. I, how do you think he fits in? And and is he somebody? Unfortunately, the Ravens don't have a second round pick, so he'd have to linger to the third for it to be an option. Um, but but how high are you on Fryermuth at tight ends? Very high. I think he's arguably you know the best true, pure tight end 
that's out there. Um, he does a, a really he's really a lot further along in the the blocking game at the point of attack than you see a lot of tight ends that are coming out because a lot of tight ends that are that are receiving tight ends uh, that are coming out of college right now aren't asked to do a lot of blocking. But Firemuth can do that. Um, he can't. He's coming off the injury, but I think he's going to be you know just fine. He can run the route. I'm really high on him. I think he goes you know sometime today because I think there's again there's so much value in this particular draft in the second day that that I think some teams are going to get quite a few quite a few players I should say are going to go in the second round today that a lot of teams have had uh, first round grades on. And then the other one that jumped out at me is I you know I think the Ravens still also have a need at center and Josh Myers from Ohio State is is a player that we've talked about a good bit during this process. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think he could be a day one NFL starter at, at center? Yeah, I think he can be. I think he has every all the tools to be able to do that. He's played a lot of football and, and understands the game strong at the point of attack, understands what he's doing with his with his with his, his footwork. And, and that's important. But you know, again, that's one of those pro, uh, one of those prospects that you look at a lot of the Big Ten offensive linemen this year, even the ones that went yesterday or or Slater from, from Northwestern, a lot of these guys are going to kick inside if they were tackles. Um, they're going to end up kicking inside. So I, I think Myers gives you a little uh, position flexibility, whether it's a center, whether it's a guard, that he can still be able to do both of that, both of those things. So I think that brings a lot of value to teams as far as being able to have a guy that has position flexibility. And then we leave you with this. We saw glimpses a year ago of what maybe Talia Tungavailoa and the University of Maryland might be capable of doing. Um, are, yeah. are you a believer that as a program, we saw enough in that short, small sample size that they could be competitive here in 2021 in a full Big Ten season? Yeah, they're going to be very competitive. And I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out at you. Uh, Coach Enos, the the new offensive mm-hmm. coordinator who spent time at Alabama believes this wide receiver group is as talented as he's ever been around. Now remember, I mean, it's hard to argue that, though. Yeah, I mean, but he's it, got – I mean, like, is. look at those guys that he's got. They're loaded. They, they are. But, but still, that's still – if you're not in the area uh, and you're not a, a Maryland fan and you hear that, you're like, you've got to be kidding. Sure. All they had was a bunch of first-rounders in that room and had some that were freshmen – uh, when Enos was there, they went first round yesterday. So yep. that's saying a lot about the talent that they have at Maryland. And I do believe Mike Loxley is the right guy, and I think they're headed in the right direction to be really competitive. It's still going to take time. They've got to be able to build the offensive line and the defensive line. Once they get that part of it solidified, and it's going to take some more time, Maryland's going to be a tough team to deal with. We enjoyed hearing you on the call for the spring game this past week. Um, nice to nice to have fans and stands. Nice to be thinking about yeah. like a, a real football season this fall. We can't wait for that. At uh, Howard Griffith on Twitter is how you follow him. And Howard, we are hoping that we are talking to you a bunch this fall um, about uh, about these guys and maybe even following up on uh, the progress for Bateman and Oway. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Continued safety and health to you and your family, all right? It's... You guys, too. Take care. Enjoy the weekend and stay safe. Howard Griffith, Big Ten Network analyst. Appreciate him taking the time for us to tell us a little bit more. Yes, if you weren't with us for night one of Project Game Day, KZ and I, jubilation after the Rashad Bateman pick. But as you heard him say to us during the show yesterday, 
the guy he didn't want the Ravens taking. I was thrilled. It was so funny. Was Owe. And so. Also, I thought because I had him in my. You did. So, so you and I both have one. a point. Yeah. You and I both have a point. My first pick was Rashad. By the way, Owe would have been, if he had gotten back to mm-hmm. me, I probably would have taken him in the second I round. I absolutely thought there was a chance. Um, so, unfortunately, Kyle gobbled him up before I had the chance to. So, I went, I got the point for Bateman. That was my first overall pick. Kyle got the point for Owe, and uh, Ken is still waiting. Still waiting, yeah, although that, although he me? took more of the later round guys. He knows a lot think, more about them. Yes, than we did. And unfortunately, I think some of the guys that we took were second genuinely second-round guys yeah, that we sure. were working under no, the assumption the Ravens would trade out, trade out of the Edge guys I was pick. picking, which who knows if they still are looking in that department. I'm sure I they will. Don't, yep, don't but know. Um, like Joseph Asai could fall to the third in theory. Okay. You know? But 1-1 uh, is where we are. So... Ken, we you know we do the bit on the show last night where I said, "What would make you mad here?" And Ken was like, "Just Jason Oway. That's it. Adafe now. Adafe Oway." I'm, when we sure. talked about it last night, he yeah. said Jason because that's what we thought his name was. Well, the Ad- Adafe Oway. And um, of course, that's and, and Jeremy was was checking tip picks, and yeah, so yeah, Jeremy yeah. knew before, and so I could sort I of watching. see a, I could sort of see a bit of a wry smile on Jeremy's face. Like I I knew mm-hmm. I knew what that meant. Um and Ken lost his mind, of course. Yeah. That's 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 what happened. And he freaks out and he and he says all he does is rush the passer and he didn't even he wasn't even and he, and he gives the whole gambit. He runs the gambit, which is not necessarily what I've heard, right? Like and I've heard the, he's a strong run stopper. Well, he had six TFLs last season in five games, despite not getting a sack, which means you're getting behind the line of scrimmage. Correct. He had games where he had at ten quarterback pressures. And uh, and I also think I heard some of the, what you were talking about last night with KZ, and he was mentioning how he hates high motor guys, and like I understand in I mean I certainly hate guys that are only high motor, wrong and yeah, just running right. around with a chicken with his head caught. Yeah, off it's not going to help you, right? But what I think of when I think of high motor I, is a play going away from where you are, uh, right? And you make the tackle fifteen yards down the field. Well, but his comparison is to Tyus Bowser, and I get it, right? Like Tyus Bowser, when they drafted him, all we heard about how is how he was an athlete. Sure. He was an athlete, and they were going to be able to put him on the field, and it was going to be this sort of um, you know, the, the Ravens I, would be able to develop and maximize his potential. Essentially, but not not pigeonholed into one thing that he could do. That he could play inside, he could play outside, he could drop back I and cut. He could. I hear you. I still don't. And he's. I don't agree with that, right? I, I don't get that sense necessarily, even with Oway. I mean, I, inside, outside on the defensive line, that I could see moving him around on the defensive line, putting his. Oh, hand I don't in the think he could be like an inside linebacker. No, no, no question about but that. But I think that they have. I don't believe the Ravens would have drafted him. If they didn't believe in his ability and, to and, both stop and the run, and this is the tricky part because Ken's retort is, then why did they draft insert name here? Why did they draft Jalen Ferguson? Why did because they? Because they also believed similarly with that player, right? Like right. So either the question becomes, were they just wrong about these other players, or is there still a fundamental problem between the front office and the coaching staff about what the the point about Unique and Gakwe is? We are not far removed. From an, a borderline insane decision sure. that a team made to trade away something legitimate mm-hmm. for a player that the f- the coaching staff was just not going to know how to use or be able to figure out how to use. Sure. And maybe if you got them to sit down and open up and, and say something, you know, do the old truth serum Pop bit, a bottle of Merlot, they, would, you know? they would say, we screwed up. Maybe, maybe they would say, no, we on tape – saw 
Ngakwe was a better player than the guy that showed up here. When he got here, he wasn't capable of doing the things that we sure. thought he was capable. I don't know what they would say. I don't know how you could look at but the profile of Owe and say the Ravens, look, I understand, freak athlete on paper, just like a once in a blue moon type of player. All that's great. Love it. But when KZ is saying, well, they're not going to let him just go out there and rush the passer. I don't let anybody do that. I get it. Yeah. But what about his profile suggests that's the smartest thing to do? I understand. If he doesn't get sack production, right, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But your athleticism, in some cases, will be the only thing that gets you drafted, right? The workout warrior is a guy who's just certainly risen because of, oh, my God, did you see what that guy ran and how mm-hmm. big he is? Like, that happens. Well, I mean, look, he's, it, for, for for his position, was it 437? It's it's an insane number. 438, 436, one of those. It's, it, it's, yeah, it's it was insane absurd. Absurd. Faster number. Faster than Kyle Pitts, right? It's bonkers. He is, he is a absolute freak, right? Yes. So... All of that you can set aside and acknowledge that that did not produce results as far as sacks were and, concerned. And would I rather have been drafting a guy that had that and 10 sacks? Yes, of course well, I would be. I wouldn't have been available. Well, 100% he wouldn't have been available. Well, I assume he wouldn't <laughs> have been available. I would not have been available. I assume he would not have been available. Um, but as I've said before, if the flip side is why well, I only draft guys that had 10 sacks, Jalen Ferguson had the most sacks of anybody in the history of college football. And it hasn't worked out. I, none of this is me telling you. I know. I this think is he was part. taking we, on a lot of double teams this year as well. Uh, that the word was from from. By the way, he was still voted first team all conference last year in those five games. The word was from people that covered that he was that they were game planning around Jason Owe. And from what I've also Ado- ascertained, sorry, Adafe Owe. He is still very disruptive, and I think that's a word that people kind of don't know how to apply value to. But we're talking about in the NFL, like you're not timing of all of this. Quarterbacks aren't taking five-step drops. They are not hanging in the pocket the way they used to. I would say that initial push on the offensive line is something that can't really be quantified as the value. And the Ravens have a lot of guys on their line that would be probably described as disruptive as guys that will move the offensive line back off their spot, which can impact how these quarterbacks feel when they're taking these two-step drops and releasing it short. Like, this is, I think, at a certain level, we will trust the Ravens because defensively, right, they are stalwarts. They have proven that they can draft and develop. Or maybe not, I mean, the develop one's always tricky, right? But they've proven they can identify talent on the defensive side of the football. And Owe is as tantalizing of a player in that regard as it was in this draft uh, as a whole. I mean, I mean physically. Okay, I mean, physically. if you just if you really specifically related right. to his speed. So, like, if we're talking about a guy who's been playing football for like three or four years, mm-hmm. and is this you know ball of clay essentially to be molded and 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 created into something incredible? I love the idea where you could criticize, is he going to be ready to produce right away? I don't know, right? Like, I can't say for sure, but an athlete of that level, and I would imagine the due diligence that they've surely done as to his character and, like, his IQ and what he can really process on the football field, I like their chances. I think it's a, it's a worthy risk at the end of the first round for a position of need. And they still should add a uh, look, veteran I, as I well. think it's a worthy risk. Um, I'm still... 
I am very apprehensive about where they are at tackle. I, I can't no doubt. I can't lie about that. To me, it, you better be the confident. The cost of their cold water on the idea that they would move back into the second round. Yeah, we talked knows. about that earlier. Yeah. I, I, I am I – am, I, I hope this means that you're more confident in Tyree Phillips because, as I said a million times, if they at all think the answer is Alejandro Villanueva, I'm going to have a massive issue with it. And I've not believed. I have not mm-hmm. believed. I hope this is more a reflection of we are bigger believers that Tyree Phillips can play 17 games of right tackle than, than, than you are. And by the way, again, he played a year ago. When we saw him play right tackle, it's not as if he got overwhelmed no. playing right tackle. Now, it was weird that they didn't just you know commit to him as being the right tackle after Ronnie Stanley got hurt. You but expect the drop off, right? This isn't gonna be Orlando Brown and Ronnie Stanley, right? Like Probably not, no. But, but it doesn't preclude them from A, finding a guy in the third round. I am I am I'm very apprehensive about the notion of finding a starting right tackle in the third round. We know the, the Ravens have done this before where they say, look, this guy's got the ability to play tackle. Right? Like this guy was maybe a guard slash tackle. We've scouted him. We That's think. fine. I'm extraordinarily apprehensive I of finding it. a day one starting right tackle in the third round of the NFL draft. Now, that. Tyree Phillips was a third round pick a year ago. I, to me, the answer has to be Tyree Phillips at this point. It cannot be, I, with the exception of, I am not as opposed to Dennis Kelly as some people are. I think you could, you could, tr- if, I think you can have a backup plan to Dennis Kelly. I don't think Alejandro Villanueva can be a one-game plan. I'm not even talking about a one-season plan. I don't think he can be a one-game plan. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Could he be a one-game plan? Sure. He could be a one-game. Yes, fact. Um, I don't think he can be a one-season plan, Alejandro Villanueva. But I think Dennis Kelly potentially could be. I think he played well enough in a dominant... Thank you. In a dominant run offense that... I'd be willing to say, if that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. But I hope different offense, mind you, right? Like play action oriented. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I hope, but he had to push. I mean, no like doubt. he had to move forward no too. Doubt. But I hope that it's really a statement of no. We think Tyree Phillips is ready to play. I am far more confident in your ability to find a potential day one starting interior offensive sure. lineman than a day one starting tackle in the third round. I understand. Line. I'm just very, very wary. Was Yanda a third-round pick once upon a time? Uh, yes. 73rd or something? Yeah, something like that. We, That's we, we the just, number he wore. Yeah, no, we just had this conversation you. recently. and I've 79th, maybe. <sighs> Marshall Yanda When They should just find another Marshall Yanda. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm in favor of that. Yeah. But again, you didn't you didn't draft Marshall Yonda with the intention to start him immediately. That was not the plan. You, you get what I'm saying. They should just find another yes, Marshall Yes, I'm Yonda. in favor of them finding another Marshall Yonda. It was 86 for Marshall Yonda. All right. it was 80, 86 was the pick. I'll take it. You'll take it. Yeah. Whoever they take, they did yeah. use the 86 What are we pick. even discussing? <sighs> Today's show also brought to you by... Oh, you know what? Let's just listen. Let's do this. Let's uh, take a listen to the interview that we had with Adafe Owe. Who at time, known at we the were, time, yes. yeah, well, well, I got you settle down over there. Prince, I know what I'm doing. Prince. Yes, it was Prince. Today's show is, however, still brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Oh, they're celebrating the 25th anniversary, and their menu is unbelievable. The zucchini fries, the smoky thigh wings, the double bacon and cheddar burger. Somebody was like, you know what's great? A bacon and cheddar burger. And then somebody else said, now, I, you're right, but hear me out. Double it. Like, well, yes, yes, that sounds good too. 
Also, the uh, barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, the strip steak sandwich, the silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, and more at your neighborhood at Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find the location nearest you and to find out what's going on. This was from just, what, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I believe, when uh, Adafe Owe joined us. And again, at the time, we knew him as Jason. So you'll understand this is not a today interview. If we were doing this today, we would refer to him by Adafe. But at the time, he was Jason. So we interviewed Jason Owe here on Glenn Clark Radio. Let's, uh, let's with the benefit of hindsight, let's, benefit, uh, let's go back and take a listen to what it is that he had to say. But we actually kick things off today by meeting a man who very well might be the first-round pick of your Baltimore Ravens. He is an edge rusher from Penn State. It's a pleasure to welcome Jason Owe into the program this morning. Jason, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's so great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. Hey, can can you just take me through? I've been trying to ask guys this question the last few people that we talked to. You're so close now to this moment in your life. Where are you emotionally? Are you, you know, ready to jump through a roof? Are you are you anxious? Like, how do you best describe what it's like to be Jason Oway today, 13 days away from your life changing? Man, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Um, I can't really explain my emotions right now because, like, you know, you're, you you've been waiting for this moment for so long. Right. At the same point, you you know it's coming in like you know two weeks. So I'm kind of in the middle of you know anxious and just just calm and just just blessed to be in this situation. I, I can't really explain my emotions. I, I understand, man. It's always always it's fascinating to me, like to talk to and 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 obviously the the bigger part of it is that you don't have any control over it anymore, right? Like exactly. like you're still sitting now waiting. You've done all the work. You're just waiting to see what people say. Um, Jason, a bunch of stuff that I want to cover with you. Let me start with this. Um, you positionally, I know you played a lot of defensive end. How much have you been working on other options, standing up, things along those lines? Do you feel like your best fit is to stay on the line, or do you feel like you have a strength as a stand-up backer that really can come out in the right system? Yeah, I feel like that's that's the that's the beauty of the type of person and player I am because, you know, my, I'm such a, you know, a high potential player that, you know, I started playing with my hand there on the D-line, but I feel like my, you know, my talents and my abilities can, can allow me to transition to that outside linebacker just because of how I can move in space and, and, and change the direction pretty quickly. So I, I feel like my, my potential is, is can't be held, you know, just on the line. I can uh, play three, four back easily. You, I mean, like, how comfortable are you dropping back in coverage, even setting the edge, things along those lines? Yeah, I'm very comfortable. You know, I've been working on my, you know, two point stance, learning how to shoot out of it, like you know, like a gun, and and being able to drop back as well and and, and continue to move my feet. So you know, I'm prepared for to be dressed to a three fourteen. You you know, obviously, everything about the 2020 season was insane, right? Is that the best way that we can possibly describe what happened yeah. over the course of the last year and a half? Um, was it was it disappointing at all to you in terms of? I, I imagine maybe you wanted this season to be a year that you would have had a like a monstrous sack total, something that would have stu- stood out so significantly. That that maybe we'd be talking about you as a surefire pick that would have no way of falling to the Baltimore Ravens late in the first round. It's... Yeah, you know, you, you know, but that's like the beauty of sports. You know, it it would have been 
an easy answer for me just to be like, oh, yeah, it's disappointing. You know, I wish things were like that. But, you know, this gives me, this puts me and catapults me in a great, you know, situation just to work on my game. I know exactly what I need to work on to be that sack artist, to be that guy that, you know, is even more disruptive than what I am. And I love, I love proving the doubters wrong. You know, before I was, you know, labeled as just a passer specialist, I couldn't play the run game. And now I'm just a, a run game defender. So, you know, it's just something I'm going to, you know, continue to work on it. It puts me in a good position to, you know, excel ex- excel what everyone thinks I could be. No, I, I appreciate that. That's very thoughtful, by the way, to, to say it that way, right? Like it's uh, it maybe gives you one more chip on your shoulder as you start your professional yeah. career, and that's a healthy thing to have when you're a young person, right? Exactly. Jason Owe with us from Penn State. He joins us here on GCR. Jason, when I and look, I, I know you're gonna have a, you know you, you are not zeroed in on any particular team at all. I completely understand that, but we are here in Baltimore for obvious reasons. When when I say the term Baltimore Ravens defense, what does that mean to you? You know, it's just uh, you know tough nose that fly around. You know, when when they have the ability to be disruptive, they really, they really are disruptive, and I feel like. My game, you know, suits suits exactly what you guys are trying to do. You know, just trying to be to move around and you know disrupt the passer as much as they can. So, you know, I, I feel like I feel like we can be a, a, a good marriage. Oh, I like the sounds of that. There's a lot of people that agree with that sentiment, Jason. There's also a lot of Penn State fans down this way, which uh, um, I know. Man, it it drives. I got to be honest with you. I'm a Maryland guy, so we got one up on you. We got one up on you right now. Yeah, y'all got y'all got it. Yeah. But, but uh, it drives me nuts how many Penn State fans there are in this area. There are an awful lot of them. Um, uh, Jason, t- take me through. Um, what what makes you, you know, what what uniquely got you to this point that you are that special type of player? When did you know, you know, what what was the moment in your life where like, wow, this, football is my path. Like this this is what I can do. You know, you know, as like an athlete, you just really, you know, get that epiphany once you're like, you just continue to play with, you know play within the sport and you, you just see that you continue to grow, you continue to, to learn and that you just start noticing that there's so much more you can learn and that you're ready to learn it. So I feel like that was the situation with me. I, I came into the game, you know, relatively late, but, you know, every single year I was progressing, progressing, you know, tremendously. So I just knew that if I was in that situation where, you know, I had to perform on this and, and really be surrounded by people that, that were professionals in it, I would just continue to seep it in that sponge and get continue to get better. So it's cool, man. You know, I, I would say it was probably around uh, my uh, you know retro freshman year. You know, I just felt like I could I could just take this and make this professional. You know, you, you play in a Penn State de- – you know, we talk about traditions, right, with the Ravens defense and obviously the guys that have come through that way. The Penn State defense clearly is a big part of that. It, mm-hmm. Is it intimidating at all, like knowing the names that, that, that you're expected to live up to when you go to a place like that? It's- um, no, nah, it's just, it's inspiring. If anything, you know, you just, you just know that you're, you're in the presence of so much, you know, past greats and future greats as well. So it makes you want to raise your level of play. And I feel like that, that's, that's healthy. You know, we all need to be pushed. We all need to have something that we're chasing. And, you know, Penn State offered that to us. I saw something interesting in your bio about what you wanted to do for the folks in Nigeria. And I, you know, I know that, that you were born here, but you, you certainly, your name is of Nigerian heritage. Can you tell me about your connection um, with Nigeria and why it's so important to you to be able to go back and try to take care of the people there as, as you progress as a professional? Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I was born here, but both my parents, you know, 
but my dad was born in Nigeria. My mother was born in London, but, you know, she moved to Nigeria when she was like eight, seven. So, you know, a lot of my family is still over there. A lot wow. of my family is, you know, is really like real, you know, real Nigerian. So, I, you know, I'm 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 fortunate to, to, to be over here and really, you know, reap the, the benefits of, you know, being an American and having the opportunity. But I can't say, the, say that for everybody in Nigeria. And I just want to, you know, give them an opportunity to showcase and display all their talents and what they can do, whether it's, you know, athletically, academically, you know, in the, in the entertainment business. There's so much talent over there, so much hidden, you know, gems. And, you know, I was given this opportunity. I want to just showcase that and, you know, able to give, you know, everyone in Nigeria the opportunity. So I have I have some things I want to do, but I don't want to say everything on, on radio. <laughs> no, I understand that, but it's remarkable, man. Like, it's it's remarkable that you care so much. It's also really cool to see how much Nigerian influence there's been in the NFL in recent years, right? Like, it, it sure. seems like there's almost a takeover these days in terms yes, of the Nigerian influence in football. <laughs> I mean, bro, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see. It's incredibly cool. And, and I can only imagine what it means to people back that way to, to see the success um, that, 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 that you guys are having and how much you continue to still care. Can, can you answer this question for me, Jason? What, do you understand that all why Trace McSorley is, like, the biggest celebrity on the face of the planet? Because I'm still struggling with it. And he's a great dude. We like him a lot. But it's such a strange deal, man. <laughs> you know, Trace is just a genuine, you know, great person. You know, he's, like, everything that as advertised. You know, he's selfless. And he's always been like that since I met him, you know, my freshman year to the times I had I had with him at school. But, you know, Trace is a star. You know, he's going to carry that wherever he goes, you know whether that's in college or that. So he's just a great person. I mean, he's a great dude. He he shows up in like a TikTok video, and all of a sudden he's the most famous human being that, that has ever lived. It's the, <laughs> I'll, I'll never understand it. Have you stayed in touch with him at all? Um, you know, I, yeah, I was talking to Pat Frymuth, in fact, the other day, and, and obviously they're really close, but I know you guys are on the other side of the ball and, and weren't in the same year. I don't even know if there was like a much of a relationship there. You know, um, you know, it was kind of tough. You know, yeah. He was kind of removed from me and, you know, other sides of the ball. But, you know, he'll every once in a while congratulate me for anything I do. And, you know, I'll congratulate him, you know, wish him happy birthday. So, you know, we always, we always, you know, have, uh, maintain our communication. But, you know, it could be a little bit better. <laughs> you know, I brought up Pat, another guy that, does he get enough hype? Like, do you feel like he deserves a little bit more credit as he goes through this process? Yeah, I feel like people are really you know, forgetting what Pat did, you know, and, and who he was, you know, when he was when he was healthy and able to, you know, pay at his full, you know, uh, potential. And I feel like he has so much more that he can grow in. People are really forgetting, you know, how dominant and how uh, consistent and efficient he was. Like, he came in as a freshman and he was, you know, shaking things up. And he was doing it at a, you know, very reliable rate. So, yeah. you know, he's going he's gonna to prove people wrong, so... I'm not worried about that. I mean, how cool would it be if it worked out that maybe both of you guys ended up in Baltimore? That would be – what a story that would be, man. What a story that would be. Penn State reu- reunion. Yeah, right. You know, by the way, you know, hearing you say that – and, again, I'm not I'm not trying to – because I get if you're talking to somebody in Indianapolis today, you're super excited about the Colts and, you know, how great Peyton Manning was, the whole deal, right? But it really mm-hmm. does feel like when, like when you when you talk about Baltimore – you feel something about how unique that would be and how much of a fit you would be here. Am I, I, and, and, and I'm trying to say this the right way to like not get you in trouble somewhere mm-hmm. else, but am I right mm-hmm. to think that like you really are feeling something that that would be particularly unique for you? 
Yeah, you know, like, I've been around this area for so long, so it's kind of like you would think a Giants or, or a Jets would, like, you know, cause that feeling, for, only cause that feeling for me. But the Baltimore Ravens cause that feeling for me as well. It's just like the school I went to, there's just so many, you know, DMV people as well. So I feel like a connection. I feel like it, it could possibly happen. Yeah, oh, man, and it's and it's the Ravens' defense. It's Ray Lewis. It's Ed Reed. It's Terrell Suggs. Yeah, there you go. How about that, right? He was there was maybe a reason why he was feeling it. There was maybe a reason for that. That's interesting. As we again, the benefit of hindsight makes that quite interesting. Adafe Owe, Adafe Jason. It is his middle name, Adafe Jason Owe, uh, from uh, just a couple weeks ago, right here on Glenn Clark Radio. Baltimore Ravens first round pick, number thirty-one overall. All right, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 American Exteriors is who you should call right now to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis couple things we need to talk about. We'll try to squeeze in a Kyle in the kitchen. And we're going to hear from Gus Edwards still before the show wraps up. Lots to do before we say goodbye and get ready for night two of Project Game Day. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. The weather is warming up. The days are longer. Do your windows open to let the fresh spring air in? Are they old, cracked, and outdated? The spring rush is on for home improvement projects. One great way to improve the look, feel, and value of your home is with new windows. Act now, beat the rush, and Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows, every style, every color, plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles top Orioles pitcher John Means and the role new pitching coach Chris Holt is taken with Means and the entire organization. Inside, Matt Kremnitzer reflects on Nick Markakis' career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. This is video trending of Adafe Owe also lining up at uh, tight end in high school at the Blair Academy and catching Could a... Could it be a Shohei Otani? Catching a long touchdown pass. Can we check two boxes? I'm going to guess. That's probably not going to be a priority for the Baltimore Ravens. But could he be used on the goal line, something like that? We've seen you know, other guys line up in those situations over the years. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Uh, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Today's program has been brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Uh, we have not really spent any time talking about Aaron Rodgers. We spent plenty of time talking about it last night on Project Game Day. Um, I, I don't know. He didn't uh, get traded last I night, so he's probably say. not I don't think be, that I that's... Think. I don't know that that's... You mean it could be a future first rounder kind of thing? I mean, well, they don't need a quarterback is the point, right? Like I hear you, but they, you're... The, to make that trade, it does not necessarily require it being now. They, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Perhaps do there's it. a player in last night's draft that they loved that they weren't able to get, and if that's the case, they might still be able to acquire that player from a team in trading Aaron Rodgers. It's not. There's more pain for a team in trading a player that has a name than in not having a name. Like you would rather just trade away a pick once once a fan base knows the player's name. Mm-hmm. They want they want to root for that player, but for example, I know there's been a lot of hubbub about the Broncos. Who is it, Sertain that the Broncos took? If the Packers love, and they they drafted a cornerback, yeah. so I'm going to guess that's probably not going to be the route that they would go. But if there's some player that's out there that they wanted, and a team that drafted him last night is willing to part ways with them, they could do that. But it could also be for future picks. I get why everybody's saying we don't think Green Bay is going to do it, and why Green Bay saying we're not going to do it. This really does come down to how far is he willing to take this? How how broken is it? Because at some point, if you go through this process and it is broken beyond repair, you're hurting yourself by trying to force the issue. I've heard he's looking into starting a competitor to Jeopardy if he doesn't right, get the gig. Right, right, yeah, sure. I don't think that's gonna be the route he goes, but um, you know, use anything as leverage, man. Use anything you can as leverage. Um, it's weird. It, it it's 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 not okay. It's not weird in that you completely understand why Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. It's it is insane what the Green Bay Packers have done. It's insane. 
And it's not to say they haven't found some good football players over the years, but to have the quarterback, to have the guy, and to have never done anything for him is I think it's also that S insane. When he came along, when he first started with the Packers, they were far more flush with receivers. Like there was still Dollar Driver, there was still Jordy Nelson, there was James Jones, right? Mm-hmm. They added Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. They were pretty full, replete with targets at that point. Jermichael Finley mm-hmm. was there as well. But they've degressed as the rest of the NFL has progressed, right? Like as the rest of the NFL has come along on the idea that this is an arms race. I also sort of uh, Devontae Adams, notwithstanding, of course. Well, yes, but I also don't know how many of those guys. This goes back to the eternal. What would what would some of these guys have been without Aaron Rodgers throwing the football to them? Question that we we can't possibly. Well, they were better than they were more productive and consistent than the likes of Marquez Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard. Yeah, at least so far, right? Yes. No question about that. Like you can say they were probably better, right? Probably, and they certainly work better with Aaron Rodgers. There's no debate about that. I. I, it's it is. I mean, I don't really have the words to describe when I, I used dereliction of duty earlier. It it is shameful what the Packers have done, and and nothing more than you can make the argument that they're just you don't t- like last night. You don't force the issue. You don't just say, "Well, we don't think any of the receivers are good, but we're going to take one." You can make that argument, but and like I said, but it were, doesn't change what they did a year ago. You know, they apparently liked Rashad Bateman a lot. Right, like if he had been around at twenty nine, we don't know that they wouldn't have taken him. We also don't know that they would have, and we like to pretend like we do. This is a silly bit that we do where we hear some things and we say that means they were definitely going to take Rashad Bateman. We have no idea if they were going to take Rashad Bateman or not. Mac Jones was going to go third overall last night. We we have to stop pretending like we know things. Yes, some things that seem obvious end up being right. We everybody always thought the Steelers were taking a running back. They took a running back. Specifically, they all thought that we were taking Najee Harris, and they took Najee Harris. But this notion that because you heard some thing, that means you know what the answer is. It's not about knowing. It's, it's about you know, Or it's... even that it's more likely than not. There is plenty of information that purposefully gets put out that's wrong. General managers in front office people use reporters in the build-up to the draft to play their game. That is a known fact. It doesn't mean that everything that gets out there is wrong. It means there is purposeful misinformation that is given. And that's not a I think so, that's an I know so. And it's why all I say back is we don't know. Maybe the Packers would have taken Rashad Bateman and he'd been there at 29. Maybe. It would have seemed smart. I don't know that. Anyone um, who that's thinks all of my point don't. was that it made sense for the Ravens to do it at twenty-seven if they really wanted. I, not, it, it made sense to do it at twenty-seven if he was the player. It has nothing to do with the Packers. If he was their player, it made sense for them to take him at twenty-seven. Be damned who was drafting behind them. Be damned if he's their guy. It made sense to take him at twenty-seven. Who cares who's next? Who cares who the next teams are? If your guy is Rashad Bateman, you draft him at twenty-seven. If your guy, if the guy you believed in was Eric Stokes, you should have drafted him at 27. Draft your guy. Do not get caught up in the, well, what might these next teams do? Or you end up doing something silly like trading out of the 16th pick and I draft the guy. 
draft the guy. Draft the guy. Stop trying to play the uber poker of, well, we think there's a chance that if he slips past here, then maybe these guys wouldn't take him. Stop it. See your guy? Go get the player. And stop obsessing over, we think this team is interested in this player. We think this. Stop it. Go get your guy. Identify him. Get him. Go that route. I think the Ravens did that last night. That's I picked him before the Packers. You keep trying to make this a thing. This F is me that. With you. No, it's just annoying now. Now it's just annoying. You've done you've done the dumb bit. Now it's just annoying. I wasn't playing a dumb bit. I think that there is some sort of look. I don't know that the Packers would have taken him. I have no. But there's no way we could have known. It's, but the no, even if, if you are changing your strategy and who you're drafting at 27 based on who you think the Packers are drafting at 29, you shouldn't draft. You shouldn't be involved with this. If he's the player, go get him. If not, if they genuinely, heart of hearts, believe that Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was the guy at 27 and they only took Rashad Bateman out of fear that the Packers were going to get him, well, then not, they're terrible at this. It's not that. It's the idea that they know that. I think that the, last that, night. You keep trying to I, make the other part of it a thing. It's no, not a thing. I'm talking you about draft th- your guy. I think that last night the Ravens drafted for need. I don't know. I don't know what their board looked like, right? Like, I, it's very possible Rashad Bateman was literally the best no idea why you would think on their that. board. I don't know. They they came away. I don't like, – again, I have no way of knowing. I have literally – I did not see their board. But I, you're saying you think that. Why do you think that? Because they came away with two of their three arguably biggest needs in – well, they did, not arguably. Well, they did, two right? of the three biggest needs. There's no doubt about biggest that. needs – and it would be mighty fortuitous to think that. So who do you think was on the board that was a better football player than Rashad Bateman? I don't know, but I, people love Trayvon Morrig. People loved but Kevin he, Jenkins, right? People, But they didn't go at all. I'm saying the Ravens board. I understand that. But the, you're saying you think they were better players I'm not than Rashad Bateman. I think that. That's not what I'm saying. Then, then what it, you're saying I'm you saying think they drafted for like, need. It felt like there was a chance... Like, I don't know what their board says, but there seems like there was, from what we've heard throughout the course of the draft, two players that were projected to go higher than Rashad Bateman and, and Odafe Owe were Tevin Jenkins and Trayvon Morrig. Okay, but Tevin, Tevin Jenkins is also at a need. So if they, if they were drafting for need, why wouldn't they have drafted the tackle? I hear you. I don't, I, I, I don't understand your thought process. I just don't get it. Now, to the point, or, or I don't think they... And all that. Like, but nobody drafted him. I'm not trying so, to argue about what these players... I'm saying for the Ravens board, I think that it was incredibly fortuitous that it just happened to work out that a wide receiver was the top player on their board. It seems like that has never – I mean, it happened, I guess, with Rashad Perryman and Hollywood Brown, maybe. Maybe. We don't know. We don't know what all of this really is. But I, I think they were saying that they needed to take players at their position of needs this year. I have no idea where that comes from. I mean, I just don't. I don't think they were going to take a player I, a million times. That Where these two things meet – the idea that they weren't going to take a quarterback, they weren't going to take a running back, they were probably not going to take a cornerback in the first round of the draft. I don't think they were ever going to do that. But just about everything else could be considered a need. Just about anything else on the football field you could say is a need. Well, Barmore would have been, you know, it would have been very Ravens. And another player that nobody took. I'm talking about the Ravens. But you're trying to say that they drafted for need. You, in order for that to be the case, you have to believe that there were other players that were better than the players they took. 
that they didn't take them specifically because of need. And if you believe that they were better, then why didn't the teams that were behind the Ravens take them? You mean the one team at 32 or the four no, no, no. or five yes, after correct. 27? There were plenty of teams that still had the opportunity to take Christian Barmore after that. If he was that good, if he was so good that he was better than Rashad Bateman, then why didn't you? It's subjective. Each team has different rankings. I'm talking about the Ravens. What you are trying to suggest that you think the Ravens must have thought that Chris, that Barmore was better than Rashad Bateman? It wouldn't surprise me. If if so, you're saying this is this, this, I got to figure out what, how to dissect what it is that you're saying. I think the Ravens. You think the Ravens uniquely think that Barmore's better than Bateman, didn't take him, and that other teams don't feel the same way, and you've come up with that how. The Ravens seem to be a team most prone to favoring interior defensive line talent, right? Like, the Ravens seem to operate in a, and it's worked for them in a way. How, right? ma- how many interior defensive linemen have they taken in the first round? I mean, Haloti Nada. He's named him. But regardless, they tend to draft interior defensive linemen. Later on in the draft, yes, they can tend to do that. You're, no, 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 stop this. You're getting frustrated because I'm calling you out for something. Not because I'm doing anything wrong. They don't do that. They don't. You could say the same about edge rushers. They don't tend to draft edge rushers in the first round. They haven't drafted a lot. You're right. They haven't since Terrell Suggs, right? Like, and wide receivers the same. No, they've drafted far more of those. More? Yes. But not that many. More? More than defensive linemen. Dude. The point I'm trying you're, to you're, make. You're doing the doing the dude bit. You're doing a bit because you're getting frustrated about something. You're the one that seems to be incredibly... I can't believe that you're trying to put out there something that is so reckless to say, I think the Ravens drafted by need versus value. You have no effing clue. You're just saying it. There is nothing to base that on. Then it was incredibly fortuitous at a time when they had such big needs... Right, and they still do tackle, still being. It's a need. massive need. That it was incredibly fortuitous that the board fell in such a way that the best player available at 27 and the best player available at 31 happened to be in two of their three biggest needs. Okay, so what you're you're telling me who was better? Dude, Who's I the best? You keep saying, dude, stop the dude thing. I do not know what the Ravens board showed. I have no way of knowing. Of course, there's no. Why would there I? is nothing about Rashad Bateman that would make you think there's someone else that was available at 27 that they definitely think is better than Rashad Bateman, but said the hell with it. We're gonna go wide receiver anyway. This makes sense if they draft a player that no one is talking about in this range. If they do that, it makes sense to say I think they went need here instead of going with the best player available. When Rashad Bateman, who just about everybody thought at worst was slipping to 27, is there at 27, there's no world in which it makes sense to say, well, they were drafting for need. That's nonsense. It's, it's crazy. I, I, I don't know where that comes from. To say it's incredibly fortuitous, they had a bunch of needs. This is not like they had one need on the football field. You know who you could say this with? The Pittsburgh Steelers. That makes all the sense in the world to say they drafted for need. Nobody else was taking Najee Harris there. I mean, that's true. Maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars were. running backs also as well, right? Like, there were people who were running back, interested in running backs, right? Like, but I get what you're saying. I'm not – it's only that it was – then maybe it was just incredibly Or it's because they had enough needs 
that everywhere you look, and the guys that we could argue, the guys that you've brought up, if those guys had gone right afterwards, if JOK had gone the next pick, it's way easier to say, well, it might have come down to those two guys, and they decided to prioritize need there. But it's clear that there are a bunch of teams that didn't think that guy was that type of talent that some people had described him as. Doesn't prove they'll be wrong, or that they won't be wrong, does not mean that JOK might not prove, out, prove to be the best player that you could have had in this year's draft. But it wasn't a case of, this is crazy, one team's just grabbing for a need while the other team is taking the best player available, when the next few teams said the same thing. Not the guy. At that point, it's nonsensical to suggest that they prioritized need over player because you would have to back it up with a player that they didn't take. But you're also it's presupposing that every other team is doing best player available also. Like the idea that the team's picking directly after the Ravens. You think that every team that drafted last night. I don't. Graves pick from the Packers was pretty weird, right? Like I didn't fully. Stokes. Stokes. Yes. I wasn't. He wasn't very much. Again, I don't know anything. He wasn't on my radar. I hadn't heard him or seen well, I hadn't him done any work on cornerbacks because the Ravens weren't taking I hadn't one. seen him as a perennially mocked first-rounder throughout the course of the draft process leading up, right? It was a name that was pretty new to me. That's fine. Again, I'm not a draft analyst. But all things being equal, right, he certainly wasn't on, like, Mel Kuyper's best player availables or the scrolling lists of names that were being put up on the board at the time. For the record, the, the point list, Mel Kuyper's list, list, Mel Kuyper's list, list, Mel Kuyper's list stayed the, the top five best available, stayed the same way until the draft was over. It's Elijah Moore is still sitting there. This is all subjective. Correct. Each team does things differently. A hundred percent. The Ravens are notorious. They're reputation in the draft is staked behind best player available 100 percent, and it's worked out very well largely for the most part largely that being said but for whatever but reason we've always done this it's best player available combined with being reasonable i get that if if they think that if last night they thought that for example eric stokes was about the same player as rashad bateman was i have no doubt that they would have taken Rashad Bateman in that scenario. But if they thought Eric Stokes was the 10th best player in the draft and Rashad Bateman was the 20th, I don't believe for a second that they wouldn't have just drafted Eric Stokes. I hear you. I don't believe that for a second. There's nothing about the way the draft unfolded that says to me they were hell-bent on getting certain positions versus Rashad Bateman, everybody thinks is a really good football player. Everyone thinks that. I, you want to have a Jason Owe conversation? I guess. I mean, I, I, there's at least there's a sliver of something to say about that. There's nothing to say about the Bateman pick. There's a sliver of something to say about the Owe pick. But I still don't buy it. Owe was still a guy that we had been talking about in this range eternally. This was not a leap. This was not a jump. This was not a guy that people don't think is worthy of being selected there. The talent was thought of, and in fairness, it, it took the testing and all of that. But in recent weeks, this was where he was going to go. I, there's nothing, there's no argument to me to say it's incredibly fortuitous would suggest that they only had a couple of needs. They had a bunch of needs. I do think they dismissed running backs 100%. I don't think there was any world in which the Ravens were taking a running back unless they, I don't know, somehow bizarre. Right? Types of guys were on the board anyway, so. Right, but I don't think they were ever doing it. Those guys were there. I don't think there was any world agree. in which the Ravens were taking a running back. I don't think they were taking a cornerback unless it was something extreme mm-hmm. where a player that they thought was 
a top five player in this draft just happened to be there. And then I do think they would have taken that player. I think that would have been the case. Need factors into it, but prioritizing need over best player available? There's nothing that happened last night that suggests that's the case. It was more in my mind when I said that. Like, I could see a scenario where they had Varmore 21 and Bateman 23 kind of thing. And they said, well, I get it. He's two spots ahead, but... The need is I, still I, I in mean, a sway, kind of thing. I mean, like that—that's you're essentially saying that they had two of the exact same player. The the notion that 21 and 23 are, are and different is crazy. Like 21 and 23, they're saying it's the same player. I'm not so, saying that this was a oh, there was guys that were head and shoulders above. Well, and it, it also hurts the argument that no one else took Barmore, and he might be the first guy. Well, it might really be the first guy to go. Barmore than he's an Alabama defensive lineman. The Ravens tend to like no, those We guys, always right? tend yeah. to associate the idea that they might. Sure. But, again, two things. We, we keep pretending the Ravens are obsessed with defensive tackles. We, we do this eternally. They don't draft well, they defensive tackles. they are within tackles. a different range. They don't draft defensive tackles in the first round. They've done it one time. One time. And yet we continue to go with this, the Ravens are obsessed with defensive tackles bit. And in a certain way, they are. They're obsessed with having tons of them on the roster. Well, They're obsessed the first, with... When it was, Rounds two and three were in the first day. They had a lot of day one defensive tackles. They took Terrence Cody. They took Brandon Williams. They took Justin Matabuike. Terrence Cody wasn't when the draft was, was the second. I get what yeah. you're saying. That's not the point I'm trying to make. They've, rounds one through three, they have taken a lot of interior well, they, they defensive took, linemen. Oh, Jimmy Jernigan. The second right? like, and the third round. You're right. They have done, in the second and the third round specifically, they've taken defensive tackles. There's a lot of things they've done in the second and the third round over the year. I mean, the 25 years worth of drafting. They've I taken a lot of different types of things in the second and the third round. But specifically, first round picks, they have not spent first round picks on defensive tackle. It's not something they've done. I get it. We were all sitting there thinking there was a chance. We, we just run into these tropes where it's an Alabama player, it's defense. We just say these things. I but was hoping against hope it wouldn't be. It no, I, didn't, I didn't think it was their need, of course. But, if, by the way, if Christian Barmore is that player, then that player, go get that player. I'll eternally be in favor of having great football players on your roster. Can you do a quick version of Kyle in the Kitchen? Is it worth it? Can you do it? If you can do it, we'll do it. I like the, you tell me. I mean, I, I, of course I can, but it's a matter of... Well, you tell me. Can I'd you, rather it be a can little... You, can you do it or not? How long are we talking? Six minutes. I mean, I guess. Okay, let's do it. Kyle in the Kitchen, brought to you this week by... Ooh, let's make this one brought to you by Window Nation. Act now. Beat the rush. Window Nation will give you 50% off every style window. Bows, bays, picture and garden windows. Every style, every color. Plus get 0% interest for 18 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. I'm angry. Um, Kyle in the Kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. I made a sandwich. Uh, it was tasty. It was pretty tasty. Um, it wasn't anything like... I, I didn't have the, the, the roasted tomatoes on hand. I ate them all. So they were all unavailable at the time. But um, I worked. It was one of those, you know, when you're a man, you work with what you've got on hand. And you got to so be. What, what kind of sandwich was it? I'll get there. Uh, it's... It was a ciabatta roll. Okay. Which is an important component here. It was the proteins were a buffalo chicken breast. Okay. You know, sliced. And salami, spicy salami, spicy Genoa salami. Interesting combo. Um, the the toast you got to get the thing properly toasted. The ciabatta roll, even though it will cut the roof of your mouth when you bite into it. Just a fair warning. You know that's what hard bread does. I'd, 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 uh, we'll talk about it another day. Not, not time. 
So you got to get a nice little drizzle of olive oil on the bread each half before you throw her in the toaster. I like to get a roaring hot toaster, like 450 plus toast that puppy. This is the same that you've made before, or this was an experiment? I've There's experimental aspects of it. Okay. The sandwich I've made before, the majority of the components I've experimented with before, I know they taste good together, it's all, all hunky-dory. The experimental aspect of it was one of the final toppings in lieu of my tomatoes. So the, the base, as I said, toasted well. We want it to be browned on top. I like to do a little garlic powder along with the olive oil to get a little extra layer of flavor on there. Toast her until she's beautifully browned. You like that? Then you get a nice layer of honey mustard at the bottom. You put some, I put some, I should say, spicy pickles. Your olive oil before you toast? Of course. Okay. Of course. You got to yeah. get it. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. just making sure. Yeah. Uh, honey mustard at the bottom. You get a nice layer of, uh, these are, I believe, habanero pickles. I like to get an even layer. I like to leave no part of the bread untouched by pickles, but I, I don't like to layer on them paper, on top of each other. On paper, there's too much going on here. Well, you'll see. I put the turkey on, and then I put the salami on. And now the experimental aspect here. Sliced up some apple. Some Fiji apple in thin slices. Didn't have the tomato for this part. This is where I normally put my tomatoes. And layered it above the salami, right? So I got a healthy little bit of apple, followed by cheddar cheese on top of the apple. Now you throw that puppy back in the toaster on broil for three minutes. You don't need to do too much, but enough to get the cheese melted, cascading down the rest uh, of the yeah, toppings. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Now, last but not least, you're going to want to, while it's still melty, you're going to want to hit it with a little drizzle of sriracha, throw the ciabatta top back on, slice that puppy, chow down. Delicious. I, uh, this, there's too much delicious. here. There's too much. You're wrong. It's too much. It's not necessary. It's doing it for the sake of doing it. Like what? Like, th- th- trust me, I, there's few sandwiches where I, I think an apple is either necessary or even adds something you're to wrong it. wrong about that. I'm no. Like, the best sandwich I've ever had in my life involved apple. Which one? It was in Portland. And it was? It was a waffle sandwich. Okay. It had I'm going to be a no to that to begin with. sausage. Yeah, that's going to be a no. Brie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a honey maple butter. Mm-hmm. And some Granny Smith apple. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a no to that. Starting with the waffle sandwich part of it, that's just always a no for me. So the issue that I have with this sandwich, right, is that the the meats, the cheese, and and mixing the 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 buffalo with the honey mustard is fine, but again unnecessary. I don't understand what um, you believe is necessary here. Culinarily speaking, necessary is whatever hits the notes for you. Yeah, I'm, yeah that might be the case. There's just so much here. Mm-hmm. There's so much here that I don't know I which part I think you're expecting a heavier sandwich. buffalo flavor from the chicken. It's not very. It's literally the kind of chicken where it's like the turkey looks, it looks like regular turkey, but then like the rim has a slight orange tinge to it. This is not like... Covered in buffalo. Wait, wait. Sauce so let me go stretch. back. Let me go back a second. You're talking about like deli a meat. deli meat, deli meat, chicken breast. Correct. Okay, that does change a lot here. Deli you didn't meat. say deli meat. Deli you said meat. sliced chicken breast. That's a different thing. It's deli. That's meat. taking a knife and slicing up a chicken it's breast. It's deli meat. Okay, that does change a lot in thinking about this sandwich because it's one part of the problem I was having was the n- sheer you number of. Want to see the of, picture? Yes, I do want to see the picture. I was having a problem with the sheer number of textures that were involved in this sandwich as well. I'm a, I'm a textural man. I, you can be a textural man. There's only a, a, a certain number of textures that's necessary when it comes to a sandwich. Um, that's far more palatable, far more palatable than I thought I was dealing with to begin with. Um, 
Look, I'm always going to be opposed to, to a hard ciabatta. I don't like that. I don't it's like, not, like it's not rock hard. I'm not saying it's, it's rock hard. I inside. don't like anything that requires me to do any more work when I'm it's eating that the sandwich. Texture, it's a texture game. Keep coming back to that. I can I get am that a texture in the man. What? I don't know what that means. You know exactly what that means. I don't means. know what that means. Let's I have no clue. No clue what that need. means when you say you're this a textural is a man. Show, Glenn. I'm a textural man. You keep saying that. It's the reason pickles are necessary. Well, I there's, there, pickles are always necessary. But it's the Kyle. reason why the apple added a much more desirable and pleasurable still, experience. I still want that sandwich to go down my throat. What do you I mean? Want that be, I'm not putting I carrots on it. I'm not putting half of baby carrot on it. Nobody said you were. Well, I, I never still, would, by the I, way. Well, I, good. Uh, Bond me is different. It's different. Yeah, like, I was going to say, it's, 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 they are. They're quite thin. They are quite thin I'm, in um, situation. I'm talking about when you take a bite. You run the gamut of oh wow that was really crunchy oh wow that was nice crisp yeah, oh I, wow oh wow this flavor and it's it's beautiful it's what, everything you want I don't want that I, I do. this is the difference in you and I I don't want that I want that more from something that I'm eating with a fork and knife than it's I want it's the that reason from a why and you disagree obviously you would take this to the grave it's the reason why I prefer the cheesesteak to the roast pork sandwich at that institution in Philly. Say that because why? Because the roast pork sandwich is one more or less one textural note when you yes, think it's bite. tender, it's moist. Like I melt want in it, your it, mouth, and I love correct. that. It's great, but at the same time, like the bread can't hold up to the the moistness. You're gonna inevitably yes, the, have the it bread be is a gonna go down moistly as well. That's like, that's I want I want the bread. If I'm going to eat bread, I want it to be the to sop up the flavors of the thing that I want. This goes back to the both. notion of you, you can do both. of you wanting the bread to be its own taste. You can do both for whatever bizarre reason. You can have it maintain its integrity and structure on the outside, while also sopping up flavor. So how was this different than a previous sandwich that you had uh, created? Well, I normally keep, and I have them in my fridge currently. I did some the other day. I keep my roasted tomatoes on deck. So you would make the exact same Instead of apple, I would put roasted tomatoes, yes. This doesn't seem like that much of an adventure, Kyle. This only seems like changing an an ingredient. I didn't tell you about the other sandwich, though. You were like, well, that should have been your Kyle in the Kitchen segment when I did the roasted tomato one. So I was like, well, okay, if they like sandwiches, I'll show them how to do the sandwich. They can learn how to make this sandwich. Well, I thought these were about adventures, though. What? With trying new things. Not always. Oh, okay. I'm teaching you some staples as well. Oh, are, are you? I'll teach you how to make my ribs. Andy Staples? You're teaching me? Mm-hmm. You're introducing me to Andy Staples? Mm-hmm. How, many, how many uh How many chef's hats out of five? The sandwich? Yeah. Honestly, I thought this was going to be a theme here, but it was four. Like, it wasn't the perfect sandwich. Should I do it out of 100 to make it yeah, a little bit more? Yeah, do add, how many chefs had out of 100? I'll do, yeah, that's a better play. I would say it was about a 79 chef hats. Okay, 79 chef hats. Maybe heads. even 81. It's Might a pretty big difference. That's a C plus versus a B minus that you're doing here. I think it's probably here. a B minus, frankly. It's 81. She's an 81. 81. 81 chef's hats I think the apples would be improved by a Granny Smith, get a little tartness. When you make the sandwich again, will you do it with apples or tomatoes? I was wondering if both would work, but I think that would be too much. Yeah, that's definitely. There's almost yeah. no doubt that's too much. Um, man, that's tough. That's a tough one. I'd really have to think about it. It might depend on my mood. Oh, so you're saying you could make both sandwiches yes. in the future. Yes. You could make another. I really did enjoy the freshness of the apple in the sandwich. Okay. It was a nice, juicy, crisp, you know? And some things you bite and you get the whole thing and it's impossible to take a bite out of. Only I hear you. I do hear that you. That didn't that. happen with the apple. I hear you on that. You have a plan for next week? No. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Kyle in the Kitchen has been taped in front of a live studio audience. It's Kyle in the Kitchen for this week. 
All right. Uh, do you want to skip tidbits? Can we save it? Yeah, or um, What is it? Who was the last Minnesota first-round pick before Rashad Bateman? Who was the last Minnesota first-round pick before Rashad Bateman? Who was the last? It was, uh, was it the running back? Was it, um, God. Oh, God. Maroney? It was Lawrence Maroney. Yeah, the Patriots. I like that thunder and lightning a lot, Marion Barber and Maroney. Oh, my God. No doubt, man. Those dudes could play. I mean, not not as much in the NFL. Well, they both but were pretty good in the NFL, were, too. Maroney was worse Maroney than Barber. Maroney was yeah. not, yeah. Mar- Bar- Barber was fine. Maroney was not very good. Um, but in college, those dudes, those dudes could play, man. They were really, really good. All right, uh, that uh, trivia. Bateman was... only trailed Devonte Smith and Jamar Chase for big catches since 2019. Uh, I mean, I like the sounds of that. That's why I think that he was the best player available at 27. You don't know that, though. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't that. know the otherwise. Also. I just have no reason to think the other. Uh, today's show brought to you by KNS Automotive in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship, quality customer service, everything from something small like an oil change to major body work. They've got you covered. 410-235-6660, KNSimports.com, KNS Automotive, KNSimports.com. Uh, Tubular brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. It was great to be out last night for that uh, incredible event at Looney's Perry Hall, and there are more incredible events coming with Great Eights Memorabilia. They've got private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, and Jonathan Ogden, so you'll be able to send them your stuff to get signed by those guys. Plus, uh, they're bringing out the Great Eights Stable for Baltimore Celeb Fest on May 15th. You can meet pro wrestling stars like Brian Cage and Lance Archer. June 27th, the inaugural Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. You can meet Justin Tucker, plus live music from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth during the day. Find out about all these events right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. Tubular is up, glennclarkradio.com. Quick highlights, obviously the draft tonight, 7 o'clock, all the networks, but you'll be with us for Project Game Day, so who cares about where it's airing? Uh, and tomorrow at noon, same place as ABC, ESPN, NFL Network. Orioles Athletics, Masson 2 uh, tonight, 940. John Means and Mike Fires tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Matt Harvey and Jesus Lazardo. And Sunday, 4 o'clock, Bruce Zimmerman and Sean Manea. Lacrosse this weekend, uh, big win for Loyola, by the way, last night over Georgetown. Navy Lafayette tomorrow, 2.30 on CBS Sports Network. Big Ten tournament gets underway. Hopkins, Penn State, 6 on Big Ten Network. Towson hosts Drexel at noon. UMBC is at NJIT at noon. Towson Sports Network, AmericaEast.tv, respectively. And the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Coverage begins at 2.30 on NBC. The race goes off um, after 6.30 for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, something in particular we should headla- highlight non-sports-wise. DC's Legends of Tomorrow is back on Sundays. Is John Chuck? I don't know if he's still part of it or not, so I don't want to say anything. Um, Stuff and things. Check it all out. Stuff and things. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right. Thanks today, particularly to Howard Griffith, as well as to Ron Johnson. We'll get that up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Monday. Stuff, Stuff and things. things. Uh, Jeremy Kahn, hopefully, maybe a draft pick or two on Monday. We uh, uh, will be working on Irons that. Irons and fires. Of course, as always, irons and fires. Jeremy Kahn joins us as he does every Monday if he does not collapse between now and then, which he might very well because uh, he still has to work other jobs today, too. He can't get home and take a nap. 
Uh, Stan the Fan, if you missed our uh, draft show this week or you missed uh, Stan and Ross having a great conversation with Bill Stecka, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab, pressboxonline.com. You can find it there as well. Stan's show is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Tomorrow morning, bat around 10 to noon. Paul and Zach talking baseball. They're going to check in on the Orioles' alternate site, uh, see what's been going on there with Paul Fritchner, who's uh, one of the new uh, play-by-play guys for the Bowie Bay Sox. He's also been working at the alternate site so we'll get some thoughts on what he has seen. And they'll be just be talking baseball from 10 noon tomorrow morning. But the Orioles got a nice walk-off win yet last night. Cedric Mullins continues to be just phenomenal. Um, all right, so there's that. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Great Eights Memorabilia, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, the Bradley Nicky Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. We will see you tonight, 7 o'clock, for night two of our Project Game Day Draft Special. Myself, Kyle, Ken Zalis. Looking forward to that. We wrap up today's show. If you missed it last night, had a great chat. Gus Edwards came over and hang out with us. Plus, we actually were reacting to draft picks at the same time, so you can relive that memory as well. But Gus Edwards, Ravens running back, hanging out with uh, Jeremy, Ken, and I last night on the Project Game Day Draft Special. Look who's wandered over to say hello to us tonight. It is so good to see this guy. He's been a regular on Glenn Clark Radio over the years. He is, of course, Baltimore Ravens running back Gus Edwards, and he is in the building for our event. It is so good to see him. We'll let you take a sip of water before we uh, we, we throw this to you. Um, Gus, I thank you, first of all, for doing this, man. This is awesome. Uh, what's happening tonight and you know, being able to raise a bunch of money for Meals on Wheels of Central Maryland is really incredible. So thank you for doing this. It's great to see you. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you guys for having me. Why was this something that you wanted to get involved with, man? Man, uh, the relationship I built with the guys over, over over the years that I've been in Baltimore has been great. And I mean, pretty much they tell me to pull up and I'm going I'm to I'm come show, show love for real. Yeah, we talked about, uh, you know, just looking at the draft, your draft mm-hmm. day experience very different literally we were just talking about you like a minute ago you were right behind us we didn't even realize it we were yeah. just you were yeah. just like we just like you can get some great undrafted running backs and you know, <laughs> I, yeah, like, I know it's a wrong question. i hate to do this because because gus all apologies but uh there's been another trade the chicago bears now own the 11th pick yes, you can throw those headphones on if you want it'll the, help I'm it'll like, help out yeah right yeah, yeah. It'll, help, it'll help you the, the put chicago those headphones bears on. um have traded up with the giants and now own the 11th pick with four minutes on the clock. So we're That's assuming a quarterback. it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback. I don't know which one they like. I have them matched with Mac Jones, but if it's Fields, I would take Fields. So <laughs> I, would I would take too, Fields for too. what it's worth. I would too. So Gus, what was it like for you when you when you get that call about you know trying to decide where you're going to go and what was going to be the best fit for you? Was it an easy decision? Yeah, it was pretty easy. Um, Gus, you can get right up on that mic. That would be. My bad, my bad. You're good, bro. <laughs> it was pretty easy. Um, once I gathered my feelings together, I just had to think, like, what's the best? What what team is going to give me the best opportunity? Um, and that was Baltimore. Okay, but did you know this? Like, honest, I, I've never actually asked you it this way. Honest to God, when you signed with the Baltimore Ravens then, was your thought, I'm going to get a chance, I'll get a look, and then maybe that'll get me a gig somewhere else? Did you really in your heart of hearts believe that here we would be years later with you being one of the most productive backs in the league? Uh, as soon as the draft was over and I didn't get picked, um, from that point on, my goal was like, yo, you got to make a team this year. You got to make a team. So 
I don't I don't even think I ever seen the other side of that, like of me not making that te a team. So. I mean, I believe it. I believe it. it's worked out okay. It's yeah, worked out know. all right for you. Is that chip still there? Like, I mean, because look, you, you're confident in yourself. You know what you can do, and now you've proved it at the highest level possible. But like, does that chip still stay with you, where it's like, I'm going out and I'm running every play like it's my last play? Because that's what it looks like when you're out there running. Yeah, man, it's it's stuck it's stuck with me forever, for real. Yeah. I mean, it's I still feel like I'm underrated. So, I mean, so. I'm just going. I just got to keep proving myself. Can, and I, can you I tell mean, me honestly, when you were watching the draft that year, though, yeah. like when running backs are going off the board, are you able to be cool about it, or are you sitting there like, I know I'm better than that guy? I like sizing them up. Correct. Yeah. Everybody though, I was watching like every position. Like man, I know I could play. I know I could play. And I thought I was going to get picked the whole time. I never gave gave up hope. Right. The entire time. Even the last pick, I yeah. was like, yeah, it's about to be me. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's awesome. What's the point in the draft where guys start rooting to be undrafted? What's the point? Is is like we hear about this sometimes where you're better off being able to pick your situation, but you're talking about like the last pick of the draft, you still want to still trying to get picked because that was always my dream to get. And I mean get called, get your name called. So I wasn't even thinking about all that, like Maybe I'll have a better chance because I could pick out my. It becomes recruiting again, but I wasn't thinking about all that. I, I saw it as this has always been my dream, and it, it, man, how, how how good would it be to to see that come true? You know what, I mean? so. what what's it what's it like? You know, so so you go into the undrafted free agent. Were the Ravens choice one? Was there a bidding war for you? How many teams called you? Um, how does that work with your agent? And is it there at some point? Um, where you know had you ever talked to the ravens before um you know sometimes yeah. we hear about uh you know the ravens will make a call to somebody in the seventh round hey gus you know if, if for some reason we don't have another pick but if you don't get selected we'd really like to sign you and bring you as an undrafted free agent how does that work i got a couple of those actually I, it, it seemed like i was getting those throughout the whole draft like nobody was calling me telling me we about to draft you. Yeah. Call me <laughs> if you're not, if I mean, if you don't get drafted, um, we'll love to have you win. I got like like five of those. So, I mean, I was blessed either way. So, because a lot of people didn't get none, no calls. So you feel me? So I'm blessed either way. And here we are, years later. All right, so let's 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 get caught up. Last year was a really weird year, man. It was a really weird year. Yeah. You guys finally broke through and got the playoff win. Wh how far do you think you are? from now being that team that's ready to take that next step? Um, I think the experience on the team has been great. I mean, I think we dare, man, honestly. We're, we're there, but we just need to stop. We, we, can't, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. We can't make mistakes. And those are all the things that we're going to work on this year. Um, we have a lot of guys coming back on the offense. I mean, we lost some, lost some people, but that's going to make us go harder. I mean, the, the, the the, um, the tune is already set in the building, so everybody knew. Was, you know, I mean, hopefully, and that's what we expect. And I mean, everybody to come in and just jump on the wagon. So I feel like we're, we're in a great place right now. We got some guys that are going to step up and become great leaders. Um, I'm, I'm excited, more um, more excited than I ever been. You feel me? So, well, you knowing that you're going to have some opportunities there too right. to, to <laughs> the rock. And, and the the one thing. By I the way, Justin Fields does go to the, the Bears. Cool. Yeah, right. Justin Fields goes to the Bears. Cool. It, did you know him at all? Like, you know, I know he was a, a Georgia guy for a minute. No. Like, did you ever? Nah. No. Yep. 
Go ahead, Jerry. No, no. So I'm just curious, like being in the huddle, because like I know you guys get asked about Lamar a ton, but <laughs> it, it, it is funny though, because like when you hear the outside world talking about him, not necessarily the people in Baltimore, but like watching that Cleveland Browns Monday Night Football game when he comes back in, you have the heroics. But understanding what he's out there doing on a consistent basis, that this guy can not only play the position, and you guys got to feel special too, because when you're all back there. Pick your poison of who you're trying to stop. Right. It doesn't matter if it's you, J.K., Lamar, whoever it is running the football. I, I mean, you know, like, like I said, pick your poison of who it, who you're going to stop. So what's right. it like being in the huddle with him? It's fun. It's fun. I mean, he gets in there. He gets it. He gets the call out one shot. I mean, everything about it. And then it's like you want to play for him because he, he's not a quarterback that's just going to sit in the pocket. Yeah. He's out there doing what everybody else is doing, taking those hits. So, um it's just incredible, man. It's incredible watching him play and watching him grow because he is getting better. As crazy as that is, he is getting better. So, you know what I mean, I love well, it. Love I, was, I was doing a draft show, and I wanted Derwin James. We talked about this earlier yeah. for the Ravens. Uh, they traded back, drafted Hayden Hurst, and then they traded back in the first round. They drafted Lamar, and I'm looking at it going, I don't know how I feel about this because, like, I thought they were going in a completely different direction that year. And then after doing radio for a year, watching him, covering him, and then seeing the work that he put in. And that goes for a lot of guys because I think it spreads. Like seeing them work in the offseason, the wide receivers, running backs, you guys as well, putting in the work in the offseason, you get to see that drive you have. And, you know, Bill Polian was highly critical of Lamar coming out. But one of the things he said he looks for in a player is their drive. And it's something that's very hard to measure. It's, it's like what, what type of responsibility do you take to get better and want to show everybody that they're wrong and work hard in the offseason? And from year one to year two was the largest leap I want to say for any player I've ever watched, seeing Lamar and how much better he got. Right. And I think a lot of you guys do that, too. Like, we don't get to see the, the work you put in in the offseason um, to try to get better and make sure that you're not only here at this level, but getting better and making plays. So how do you react when you hear somebody like Bucky Brooks say, I think the Ravens should just let Lamar Jackson walk away and they should just draft another quarterback <laughs> and keep doing this forever? MV, he's the MVP, man. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, it's crazy that we're still. I know. We're, we're three years in. All you guys have done is one. Mm -hmm. Guy was MVP of the league, and we still are having this conversation at some point. Mm -hmm. it, it makes no damn sense. Playoff every year. Do you, do you all, as a team, do you listen to that, or is that just noise? I mean, do, I, I mean, you can't help but hear it, but at yeah. the end of the day, we know who knows football, and Lamar, you know what I mean? His play speaks for himself and everything that he has done. What about with yourself, though, too? So you look at the, the situation, you guys have multiple guys you can go to, and I think plenty of ones that, that they trust, but knowing that you're you're going to get your touches because you've already proved it. The, the yards per carry, the, the yards after contact, which I think is one of the more impressive things about you, mm -hmm. is that something that you've done your entire career, like taking those hits and still being able to produce and move forward and get more yards after the contact? We just in our, in our running back room, we, we our mentality is not to go down like we. You know what I mean, on a, off the first tackle, our mentality is not to get tackled by defensive backs. So we we, we put it on each other, and um, I think that's what drives us and pushes us. You let Marlon and the rest of the crew know that you're not gonna that you wouldn't go down in practice if they were gonna tackle you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you okay? So Mark's gone, obviously, right? And and it take nothing away from him. He's an unbelievable football player and an incredible human being for sure. But how much easier does it make your life knowing 
there's not another mouth to feed going into this season. Happy and sad. I mean, he's a great leader, a brother. I mean, when things are not going, going I mean, we gonna miss we gonna miss him. Everybody knows that. When things are not going the right way, Mark is that guy that's out there. And I mean, keeping everybody head straight. We gonna miss him a lot. But at the same time, um, I think we're excited to see it, and everybody else is excited to see it. Like it's, it's only two now. You feel me? Like. Uh, and we just gotta make the best out of it. We, I know, I know everybody's excited about it, and we just gotta live up to the hype for real. So I, I expect a lot too, for real. Yeah. How do you sweat? By the way, like, are you, are you, how invested are you in what's happening this weekend? Are you, like, when you leave here, will you put on music and just be like, I don't, you know, whatever? I'll, I didn't, I'll, bro. I walked in here and like, that's when I remember. Oh, today's the drive. <laughs> <laughs> because like. I mean, I just got a few. You can't make it in this league if you focus on all the other things. You feel I me? Mean? Like you just got to focus on what you can control and focus and, and, and keep your confidence high. Do Do you and JK feed off of one another? Is it a friendly competition, or is it like, hey, or I'm you just focus on what you're doing when you're out there? Because I think that's one of the cool things. You, you look at a you look at a quarterback. There's going to be one on the field at all times, unless you're running some gimmick plays. But running backs will get opportunities. You're going to yeah. get carries. And right. I know each one of you feels like, hey, give me the ball 40 times and I'll yeah. tote the rock. But when, at the end of the day, the team's going to be better if you have two that you can mm-hmm. split the carries and yeah, trust yeah. one another. You go when you see when you see him break one, you're like, man, it's my turn. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's that, that's the competition on, and on the sideline. We're, we're competitive. We have little 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 games that we play just to make sure we all on point. I mean, we want to see each other win. We want to see each other be successful because it makes the whole team successful. And we uh, we definitely push off of each other. What what a What's the what's the player view of, of the seventeenth game? Hmm. Um, I you know it, it's the first time. I mean, it's, by the way, I think that was the answer. What you just did. Yeah, no, no, I know. But I, I'll be I'll be honest. You know, I'm one of these guys that you know. I love the NFL product. I love the NFL product. Yeah, we're all selfish. We want to watch another game. I want to watch. I want to watch another game. But but I'm tired of the league talking out of both sides of their face with the Thursday games and always worrying about player safety and now we're adding the 17th right. game and stuff like that as as a player where where where's every I know you I know you're a player and you say okay well we have 17 games now but really where are you at that because you know after 16 games and then the playoffs you guys are hurt I mean I mean I don't think I don't think we had a at a point where it's freak out now there's only one more extra game I'm, I feel like my rookie year when we played those five preseason games, that's, that's just how it's That's going. right. You played in the yeah. Hall of Fame game that year. Yeah. That's right. Every single one. Every game I played in. <laughs> so, I mean, it's more football to play. You can't you can't, you can't, can't be selfish about it. We want to see the fans. You know what I mean? We want to make, make the game grow and make everybody happy. So, um, I'm not tripping about it. Just one more extra. Um, I, but I do, I, do see, I do see both sides, though. Yeah. All right, just another couple minutes with Gus Edwards. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, so I'm kind of curious. So your off season, are there certain things that you try to work on? Is it just staying, you know, eating right, um, getting your lifting in, focusing on certain things? I mean, the, I don't think a lot of fans realize how difficult the season is on a body. Like, right. I, and I told them this, like, I, I say this all the time, like a Sunday game, Sunday one o'clock game, your body might not be right until sometimes... Wednesday evening into Thursday morning. Probably that that, that 
two days before the game. Yeah, yeah. So it, it starts <laughs> to slowly feel a little bit yeah. normal and, and the toll that it takes on you. But um, what's your off season like for you? What do you focus in on to try to – is it the same routine every year? It's just um, just trying to – I look at – I look like um, little parts of my game that I could get better at and, and just try to be better at, at it this year. Um, I'm trying to get – I'm trying to improve my speed. I mean, when I get in the open field, um, I could always work on my catching. Um, for me, it's, it's 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 mostly about work on the field. Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, I lift. You got to lift and everything, but that's that's when I put focus most of my attention on is that field work. We got to get the answer to this question. When are you dropping another track? Like, when is that <laughs> finally happen, man? I just shot a video the other Did day. Did you really? In New York. So I'm about to drop something soon. When are we gonna hear it? I, I'm waiting for him to edit it. And everything. Okay. Yeah. All right, dude. Gusto, you have any idea? Everybody I talk to in the locker room is like, bro, we had no idea. We had no freaking clue that you, that this dude had bars. Like, we had no idea whatsoever. Is, is it is it still a big part of your life, yeah. or is it just like a hobby? Hey, every now and then I might go in and, and do a song. You're going Dame like Lillard and dropping some albums. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Is it a big? Is it a big part of like? Do you imagine music continue to be part of your life like yeah. forever? Yeah, man, I love it. I love it. Um, it's a it's comforting to me, um, and it definitely feels good when when your teammates support it because those guys could be harsh. You feel me? So if they, <laughs> Wait, oh yeah. If okay. they, <laughs> Did anybody not? Can we ask this question? Was no, there anybody? All right. Not to my face, at least. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Everybody's like, That's and great. I was, and it's not like I was completely confident when I released it. I was like, ah, right, let's see. And you were expecting them to bust your balls. You were expecting yeah. them to be like, all right, yeah, Chief, but. you know, okay, Shaq. <laughs> so, so yesterday on the morning show, we played the clip of the um, offensive lineman that's out of the league now. 2019, drafted in the first round by the Tennessee Titans. Oh, Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson, yeah. traded the Dolphins. He put out a track, and it's like, it's some mumble rap um, <laughs> with, uh, with with the voice track. Like, you know, he's got the, uh, what, what the hell am I looking for here? The... Uh, um, Auditone. Auditone. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Yeah. And, just, and I'm listening to it going, this is some stuff if my son turned it on in the car, I would kick him out and make him walk home. <laughs> it, I mean, it was that bad. And, and he's trying to make a career out of it. And I'm not trying to knock him. Like, look, to, to each their own. And what yeah, they, no doubt. Right. Not, that right. wasn't my cup of some tea. Some things that aren't for me are for other people. You right, know what I mean? Right, like, right. But I'm listening to it going, what is this? Like, what, what, what are we doing here? But, you know, there are some guys that have these hidden talents. Like, I think, yeah. I was joking about Damian Lillard, but I think, I think Dame, yeah, he can, he can. He's talented. Dude, he's really good. Yeah. He's really good. He like, he, that could be his career. Yeah, yeah. He could ride for do you Do you envision, like, do you, I know we talked about this before. Do you want to go perform? Like, do you want to be on a stage? You do this playing football, right? Yeah. Like, do I would you? I love to. I would love to. I'm not turning down no opportunities. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, could you like be like rolling loud? Like, would you? Would you I be would able? I would love to. I would love to. Man. In front of everybody I'm in Miami, be, I'm like trying to be great, I'm dude. To be great. It would be wild, man. It would be wild to see that, brother. <laughs> yeah, but the sad part is now we don't have Mar Mark Ingram to hype you so up coming out. Yeah. He'd be oh. the best hype man of anybody. Yeah, anyone. Yeah. He's gonna hype me from a distance. Yeah. You can still take him on tour with you. You can still take him on tour at that point. It can work out that way. That's awesome. All right, at God, it's God's Gift Gus thirteen on Twitter, and what about on Instagram? Same thing. Same thing. Give him a follow there. Dude, it's so great to see you. Really awesome that you came out and did this. Raised a ton of money tonight for Meals on Wheels in Central Maryland. How good, but I'll leave with this. How much have you missed playing in front of packed stadiums? How happy are you going to be 
so happy. That one game we had this year, I mean, I, that shit was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. It what? felt because, like, it's what you was expecting the whole time. So when it actually happened. It and it was, wasn't even that many people. No, but it felt so crazy, man. Yeah. Now, yeah. let me ask you. Do you know, th this is kind of one of the, I know he's got to run, but silly questions. Because I'd be one of those guys that would eat it up on the road with the booze and the fans hating you. Like, I would love that role. Or do you appreciate it more being in front of the home fans where you're getting cheered? Like, I would love playing the villain. Like, hey, that's I what gets you going, right? Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel about that? What do you prefer? In the, oh, in the big games, I, I like being the underdog. Yeah. In the big games. Yeah. It's shutting people up, it's right? It's worth more, yeah. Yeah. I love that. You run your mouth all day, and look yeah. at what we just did. Look yeah, at we just yeah, waltzed yeah. in the Tennessee this year, <laughs> and they had, but they picked out their biggest crowd of the year, right, mm -hmm. for that game. Yep. Look what happened. How'd that go for us? How'd that go for us? I, I, I know I said last one, but it just, what would have happened if Willie Sneed had gone in a quarterback on fourth and five? Touchdown. <laughs> Touchdown, he said. <laughs> <laughs> but Willie makes a lot of plays. Yeah. I'm going to just say that. All right. <laughs> All right. I respect it. Gus Edwards, man, thank you for coming over and hanging out with us, bro. Appreciate it's great it, to see you, Thanks dude. You really appreciate you doing this with Great Eights memorabilia tonight.